welcome to Scrollin', a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket. I'm Davius. This is episode number 44. Did you actually watch the live stream last night? Yeah. That was a pretty good one. Yeah, I thought they did a good job. I don't know, that first part is a little awkward, it always is. Yeah. But, uh... And also, that first part's also, like, rarely very informative at all. <laughs> I mean, it's got an eight. You see the trailer. There was a new trailer. It was cool. And they, they kind of hype it up a little bit. But not a, not a lot of info from, the like, the official presentation. Yeah. they You can tell that they're, like, containing excitement. Like, they, they, they're, like, containing this excitement. But they never, like, deliver what I would expect the excitement to be. Yeah. Uh, as always, it's the uh, it's the after show, the live stream event with the uh, like Gina Bruno, the the community manager, and uh, Jessica Folsom. That's uh, that's where the real juicy stuff is. That's where we get kind of all the the real info. Um, so if you haven't checked that out, it's still it's just Twitch.tv/slash Bethesda. It's the most recent video on there. Uh, I recommend watching it if you're curious uh, about what's coming up this year in ESO. It's a uh, extremely informative and i was honestly kind of expecting to be underwhelmed and uh i was pleasantly whelmed i would say <laughs> you know <laughs> i found myself very whelmed <laughs> uh, um so gates of oblivion is the name of this whole year-long adventure right like uh what we have what was what was last year's um dark heart of skyrim how dare you forget I didn't. For, I just listen. My brain's working a little slow. Uh, Dark Art of Skyrim. We had the Year of Dragons before, so this year is Gates of Oblivion. Um, let's see here. I'm, I'm going over my notes here. Uh, the chapter in Q2, you know, the big expansion or what they call a chapter is coming out. That's going to be called uh, Blackwood, and it's going to be centered around Argonians and Imperials, which is pretty cool. I love Argonians, so I'm looking forward to that. Yep. Um, and the big thing we were talking about in the last episode, we're not expecting to get like a big, like new class or any like big new thing like that this year, because they already told us they're going to be focused on performance and quality of life and stuff like that this year. Mm. So, you know, expectations have already been properly tempered, I would say. Uh, and so the, the thing that we are getting this year, are new combat companions, like actual, uh, NPCs that follow you around and help you in combat. But it's not like the ones, like, you know, sometimes you get these temporary combat, uh, these temporary companions in quests and stuff, and they'll kind of toss you a little heal here and there. They're super weak. Mm. Um, these sounds like they're actually going to be, like, somewhat significant. They said you can change their gear, you can assign, you can give them skills, level them up. Um, so they may actually have some sort of real impact. Yeah, I, I could see, you know, they said they're not going to be in PvP, which makes sense. Thank goodness. Yeah, that would be, oh, what a nightmare that would be. Yeah. Um, but I am excited for this. I, I described it to you when we were talking about it. It's just fun. To me, it's just a fun idea. It's a fun idea. thing. Uh, and I love, I love that I have something else to tinker with, you know. Like, this is going to be some, like, there's going to be some strategy, you know, tinker. Like you said, gears, skills, like, give there's me more things. stuff to tinker with. I'm all about it. Two things that I am hoping for. One, I hope that I can. I, I hope that I'm not able to see anyone else's companion other than mine, because I can. Mm, like in cities and stuff, that could get outrageous. Uh, I also hope that we that 
they can be put into the outfit system and we can dress them oh, up and stuff. That that's could be fun. huge. Yeah. yeah. Think of the, the role play possibilities. That it could, could have that two, two brothers or whatever. It would be a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> I look at this as I can very much see if these are going to be in dungeons and trials. Because they, they said no battlegrounds, but they said in almost all other areas. Uh, I don't know if that means dungeons and trials, but... Yeah, I'm I would not, assume so. I'm not like a crazy high, what I would say, a high PvE level player. But I could very much see these being right up there with the top of the meta of, all right, this is what your companions have to be to get, you know, this ranked trial or, the, you know, to get this top level DPS. Your your companions got to be able to have this gear or have this kind of DPS. And uh, I could see that being a huge part of PvE. Uh, uh, well, imagine if also, like, you're already like 90k dps like fully meta you know like rock star and you have one of these things following you around just to just why not throw that on top of it like yeah like i I feel like what would be i'm sure there's probably certain trial mechanics like certain boss fight mechanics that maybe that would mess up but i bet a lot of fights it's just like well why not have that extra help there but who knows we don't really know the details of how they're going to work exactly so yeah we will just have to see. Um, the the big bad, uh, Mayrunes Dagon, is this guy's name, right? Oh, yeah. Mayrunes Dagon. What do you he's, know about this guy? Uh, I look at him as he's kind of like the... Um, he, to me, is like the number one bad dude when it comes to Danger Princes. I know he just Molag... looks like the devil, right? Yeah. Like, he just I mean, straight up looks like I, the devil. I know Molag Ball has been kind of the number one bad dude because he's, you know, he's kind of taken over and and i don't i can't remember what molag ball is off the top of my head he's the the, the daedric prince of uh like corruption or something like that like he's he's bad and in in there's he just seems to me he's more like undead kind of uh you know a gothic level uh-huh Marin's dagon you know he's destruction he's just straight up bad like he is just a bad dude looks like the devil like he has always kind of struck me as number one bad guy of Daedric Princess. Okay. In, in a more like physical sense too. And it, whereas Moloch Balls kind of works behind the scenes and kind of wears you down. You know, everybody he deals with kind of seems depressed or whatever. Yeah. Mehran's Dagon seems like he's just going to like smash you to pieces. <laughs> okay. I didn't put, what's the, where did he first appear? Was it uh, Oblivion? Was it the game Oblivion? Yep, the game Oblivion. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't can we give oblivion spoilers that game was like 10 years ago right maybe longer than that gosh all right skip push the skip ahead 30 seconds button <laughs> if you're worried about spoilers all right was, what is it so the biggest thing i would say about him is that he was such a, a bad dude as a bad guy in that game that the in-game fight with him you you don't even really fight him like there's an npc that has to fight and kill him they kind of just they kind of let it be known like this guy's too bad for you to deal with this npc has to deal with him like you, uh-huh. you you're not good enough to deal with it you're for like the last fight you just have to like stay alive for so long like it's just like don't die give the npc enough time to transform and kill this guy well, yeah i mean in that trailer which is you know it's this fully cinematic uh trailer but it's like yeah how could you possibly fight yeah, him? He's, he's like massive. a thousand times your size yeah, yeah. In, in the oblivion game when you're running around surviving in the last fight you just see his foot you're like trying to, you just run around and you just like see where his foot is. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, go down, goes down. I think they said in the chapter there's going to be a 12 player trial. So I wonder if 
we actually will take him on directly wow. in that trial. That'd be pretty cool. Um, so anyway, it's going to be a typical release schedule as in previous years. Uh, Q1 dungeon pack, Q2 chapter, uh, Q3 dungeon pack, and then a Q4 um, story um, DLC with a zone and all that sort of stuff. So just like last year and the year before, it's all going to be tied together in this one long continuous story. Um so spe- speaking of, uh, let's get into this uh, Q1 business. So um, so that, that live stream was just last night. And then the next day, which is today, as we're recording this, um, <laughs> PTS went live for the Q1 DLC. So this is PTS uh, 6.3.0. Uh, and the name of this DLC is Flames of Ambition. We have to be careful and not say Flames of Oblivion. It's <laughs> Gates of Oblivion for the year-long adventure, Flames of Ambition for the Q1 DLC. So, you know, the, the words get mixed up. And you said uh, Flames of Oblivion is an ability, right? Flames of Oblivion is a Dragon Knight ability. <laughs> so, you know. Um, anyway, this is a just like every Q1 DLC. It's a two-dungeon pack. We're getting two dungeons. Uh, their names are Black Drake Villa and The Cauldron. Um, and just like a normal dungeon DLC, we're getting skins, collectibles, um, all that kind of stuff. And of course, uh, a bunch of new armor sets. Uh, so let's get into these. So this is the juicy stuff right here. So we'll talk, we'll start with the Black Drake Villa sets. So the first one I think is the best name out of all of them. I think, uh, True Sworn Fury. I actually cool agree with you on the name. We usually Whoa. don't agree, but I'm with you. That's my favorite named one. All right. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be a good podcast. This, this is really shaping up. <laughs> Me and Davis are agreeing on things. All right. It's a good day. Um, this is a light armor set. And this is, I kind of think of this as a Magicka crit based version of Titanborn Strength. So, yeah. Um, Two through four piece bonuses, you get a line of spell critical, a line of spell damage, a line of max magicka, uh, and then the five piece bonus adds 708 spell critical and increases your crit damage by 4%. Uh, And then those values double when you're under 75% health and they quadruple when you're under 50% health. So when you're under 50% health, it's uh, 2832 spell critical and 16% crit damage. Um, so just like Titanborn Strength, is, Titanborn Strength is giving you uh, weapon damage and penetration as you lose health, but it's those same markers, like 75%, yeah. 50%, uh, and it doubles and quadruples. It's the exact same mechanic. It's a cool um, idea. Increased critical damage, you know, that's kind of hard to get a hold of. So it's, it's, it's neat to see a buff for that. Yeah. My first thought was like, oh, put those sets together, but one's for magicka builds and one's for stamina builds. I'm not sure if you could make that work, but who knows, man, as we're going to see the, the meta is going to be getting shaken up so, so much yet again, <laughs> who knows what kind of wacky builds people are going to be coming up oh, with. Man, uh, it's, yeah. it's hard to even hold it all in my mind with the new possibilities are going to be. Honestly, one of my favorite things about this set is it promotes, you know, we are, I always, we always look at things from a PVP aspect. Uh, I'm sure this is going to be fantastic in PVE, but from a PVP aspect, one of my favorite things about it, it promotes, not using Malakath Band. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> I like that. I like promoting not to use Malakath Band. You're going to use it anyway. 
<laughs> you're gonna put this set on you're gonna use malakath band no matter what doesn't even matter <laughs> uh, uh next set is a medium armor set called uh kinross's wrath um so the two through four piece bonuses you get uh weapon damage weapon critical weapon damage uh, and then the five piece dealing damage with a light or heavy attack grants you a stack of burning heart for five seconds uh, maximum of five stacks I'm sorry, my dog's running around. Oh. <laughs> um, and then while you have five stacks, you generate an Aura of Wrath, which grants you Major Berserk uh, uh, and grants your allies within 12 meters Minor Berserk. And remember, those were nerfed recently, right? So Major Berserk uh, increases your damage by 10%. Minor Berserk increases your damage by 5%. Mm-hmm. My question is, does the wearer get both Major and Minor, or do you just get Major... And everyone else gets minor. That's interesting. I the way I read it, but my first instinct says you don't get both. But that's kind of what I think. Now that you said it, I could see it granting both. I could see it. I don't know. I think I think it probably does it. I think you probably don't count as an ally. Yeah, that's probably that's kind of how I take it. Uh, But I actually I'm really excited for this set. I love buff sets. This is a cool buff set. I'm not crazy that. The two through four piece is so like offensive focused, but yeah. I can work around that. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, for for like a stamina support build, pair it with powerful assault. So that's mm-hmm. the one. Like when you cast uh, an assault abil- ability, so like vigor, uh, it increases everyone's weapon damage uh, by or like weapon. Is it weapon damage or weapon and spell? I think it's weapon and spell damage by like three hundred something like that. This uh, this has got to find its way on old uh, Hambone, right? Yeah, I was thinking of putting it on my Stamina Warden support build that I've been toying with for a while, who has never really been viable in like the high MMR sweaty matches, I don't think. But I don't know, maybe this would put him there. Put put this with powerful assault and I don't know some monster set or mythic item or something, and that could be pretty interesting. Just make everyone do a bunch of damage. You're all about just pumping yep. everyone's damage up. Cool. My my mind went to, and this is where it's kind of a weird combo, but my mind to somehow put this with uh, Spell Power Cure and somehow oh, yeah. doing a support build and you're really just like, you know, major damage buff uh, to your team. Yeah, I could see that those two through four piece bonuses would make that tough, but maybe right. you could, like I said, with this weird new meta, who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. Next set is a heavy armor set called Drake's Rush. That probably wins the lamest name of the patch. <laughs> Who's Drake? Who is this guy? Why is, is he it? in a hurry? I don't like his music, <laughs> and I don't know why this armor set's named after him. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Drake's Rush. Uh, two through four piece bonuses. You get maximum health, maximum stamina, maximum stamina. And then for the five piece, when you bash an enemy... You and up to 11 group members within 15 meters gain major heroism for 12 seconds with an 18-second cooldown. This is a Davius set, right? Oh, yeah. There's, You know, there's still somewhere out there in the crazy mind of Davius, there's, a, there's an, ultimate gener- you know, an ultimate support set that just gives your teammates ultimate. This is, this is right up there on that list. If I ever make that build, this has got to be on it, right? Well, yeah, I mean, you recently kind of tried to put that build together where you're you're helping your teammates generate as much ultimate as possible, and I think you mm-hmm. ultimately gave up on it. Uh, but maybe this would actually make that viable. I mean, 
a super high uptime on major heroism for everyone on on your team. Basically, like giving everyone a the best part of Shimmering Shield all yeah. the time. Yep. And if you pair this with, you know, one of the existing ultimate gen sets, you know, uh, I think the better of the two. Well, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look, but the 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 potion. The the problem with the other two is that the downtime is 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 a little crazy, but. You know, you pair. They have this heroism with the other set generating ultimate. Uh, you could really, could really get some teammates getting some major ultimate. Yeah, it seems that seems pretty interesting. I mean, I could see some of them finding that worth using just f- for selfish reasons, just to give yourself major heroism that much, yeah. as well as giving it to everyone else. I feel like that's a pretty cool set, and I think we're going to probably see some people using that. Mm-hmm. Pretty neat. Monster set for this uh, dungeon is called Encratus's Behemoth. Uh, maximum Magicka for the one piece, and then for the two piece, dealing flame damage to an enemy grants you Behemoth's Aura for 12 seconds that reaches up to 12 meters, uh, and allies standing in the aura take 5% less flame damage, and enemies standing in the aura take 5% more flame damage. It's 15 second cooldown. So 12 second duration, 15 second cooldown. So like a three second downtime. That's pretty good. Seems like a cool idea for a set. Unique. Yeah. So I have two thoughts on this one. One, okay. I love aura sets. Like bring me all the aura sets. I like yeah. the idea that we're Petey's seeing another aura set. Yeah. They're so fun and cool. And they make really, they make support builds like extra fun to me. Yeah. And they usually look really cool. Yeah. They always look cool. Two, I even like the idea of this set like i like that it's you know people in the aura take less damage for your teammate and then it actually enemies in the aura like it's a it's a two two for one i'm confused on why it's so focused on flame damage like i'm trying to think of like how much flame damage is out there yeah it's like specifically dragon knights like that's that's all i can think of is dragon knights or you know i guess inferno you know inferno staffs are are, you know flame staffs are pretty popular but i don't know it's it's very specific uh yeah it is weird for it to specify that particular it'd be way more useful if it was just all damage and maybe just a a different value there yeah but i could see a dragon knight using it simply for the offensive potential because they already have um uh, engulfing flames which increases enemies uh flame damage taken by 10 percent. so put another yeah. five in there it would um, be a very be cool nice. set on a dk like theme wise and i could see it actually being pretty good this is maybe maybe dk's kind of have their own specific monster set now that's what i'm thinking <laughs> it's a mag dk set yeah pretty cool um so that's that dungeon what was it called again black drake villa um the other dungeon the cauldron so let's let's talk about these armor sets uh unleashed ritualist is a light armor set you get three lines of max magicka two through four piece bonuses are all max magicka that's really nice i i always like to see just max stats on a two through four piece yep uh five piece bonus dealing damage to an enemy applies ritualists mark to them for 10 seconds enemies with your ritualist mark take an additional 16 percent damage from your summoned pets and there's a develop it's a <laughs> I, I figured you would like that there is a developer comment saying that uh that includes pets that are summoned from item sets such as mad tinkerer and defiler but it does not include pet-like effects like the cliff racer or honor from cold harbor's favorite i'm guessing probably um 
the crows from Unfathomable Darkness. I'm betting they yeah, don't count either. They wouldn't count. They wouldn't count either. Yeah. I don't think. It has to be like a fe- uh, like a pet that behaves like a pet that follows you around and, and that mm. kind of stuff. I've never felt like a developer comment was more directed at me than that comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I literally have a warden pet build that uses Mad Tinker and Defiler, and I had questions about Cliff Racer, and I used to have Cold Harbor Favorite on the build. It's like, That's wow. so funny. <laughs> Thank you for that clarification there. That's so funny. <laughs> so like that call it was just for you Davis. yeah like you could put davius davius this includes pet summit from <laughs> i'm telling you there's someone there's a listener on this dev team i think and they're a fan of davius i think oh yeah they, they yeah <laughs> I, i'm a fan of them i, I want that to be uh, known uh this I, so my first comment on this set it almost wants me to make bear claw he's my you know my warden i might switch him to a magicka build is that crazy whoa yes that's crazy (laughs) i know it changes him but i feel like i have to find a way for him to use this set but how do i how can he use this set as a stamina three lines of magicka that's a lot of gonna be tough well i mean he uses a lot of magicka because he is a warden and magicka is great to have on a stamina. yeah so maybe you could just not invest in magicka at all otherwise like don't use tristat glyphs just go yeah stamina just stamina glyphs maybe Uh maybe there's a way i will try that first but i i feel like this set i've got to get this set on bear claw i mean the bear and you know that set's going to work for the bear the bear's going to be hitting crazy hard you could use a blue food that just gives a health and stamina as well yeah maybe there's something there i'll I'll, you know i got a tinker but uh i'm excited about that set of all the sets that's the one that i'm like all right that one locking in i'll find a way to get that on bear claw that seemed like one you'd be interested in so like yeah there's like a couple of sets already that are right up your alley there um medium armor set called dagon's dominion um the two three four piece bonuses give you a line of weapon damage max stamina weapon damage and then adds 492 weapon damage to your area of effect abilities. And there's a dev comment that says that applies to AoE heals as well. That's pretty interesting. Now, the, how's the last set, as I would describe as a Davia set, this right here is a cat set. Straight numbers. Just give me them numbers, baby. Just give I me do, them numbers. I do like that. I've, it seems like they could work really well on a Stamplar. They have a lot of AoE, like Jabs is just mm. AoE. Um, so like this with... Um, uh, deadly strikes, deadly stri- So this would be just straight 492 damage to jabs, and then deadly strikes pumping it up by another 20 percent could be cool. It does make sense on a Stamblar too, because you're also going to get that buff for well for your ritual. Yep, you should. Yeah, you should get it for your ritual, right? Yeah, you get it for for your ritual. Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, that should work. Says, they say that it applies to AOE heals. That's an AOE heal, absolutely. No. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, the heavy armor set is called Fool Killer's Ward. Two through four piece bonuses. You get a line of armor, another line of armor, a line of maximum health, and then activating block while in combat places a damage shield on you and three group members within 18 meters uh, for two seconds. Uh, and it's a it's a 4,000 damage shield. It absorbs 4,000 direct damage. So in PvP, it's 2,000 direct damage. Uh, if a damage shield breaks, the wearer of the shield, so whoever got that shield cast on them, um, they restore 5680 magicka and stamina. 
Sounds really nice, except it has a 30-second cooldown. Mm-hmm. Like, if so, if someone's shield actually breaks and they get that Magicka stamina return, then there's a 30-second cooldown on the set. Uh, and But if that doesn't happen, if nobody's shield gets broken, then it's a 10-second cooldown. So kind of weird there. I think the long <laughs> cooldown makes it really not so great, honestly. As I was reading through this, it was kind of funny. It was kind of a, a like an up and down for me from you know, <laughs> from a PvP's perspective. It's like, all right, activating block places damage shield. So I was like, all right, I'm down. And then it was like, if the damage shield breaks, then you get all this res- you know sustain. It's like, okay, that'll break easily in PvP. So I was back up again. And then it mentioned like the cooldown. I was like, no, I'm back down again. <laughs> yeah, no, I was kind of in the same boat. I was initially thinking like, well, that could be kind of exploited as a neat sustain tool. But yeah, with a 30 second cooldown, no way. Uh, it's probably it probably a pretty good PVE set, I would say. I, I I don't like I said I'm no expert in PVE, but I could see this being I could see this being a usable PVE set. I mean, see, I feel like I feel like that cooldown makes it not really good in uh in PV PVE either. This is a heavy armor set that activates while holding block, so it's for tank. tank. It's right? going to be yeah. on your tank. You're not really going to be controlling. You're holding block the whole time. So you're not really controlling when this thing procs. People are just going to be getting the shield all willy-nilly whether they need it or not. And then when the time comes that they do need it, hopefully you're not 15 seconds into your cooldown, you know. Um, nobody's using this set. I'm telling That's you right true. now. Yeah, nobody's you're using probably this right. Set. Any any damage shield is just straight out the window as far as PvP is concerned. Uh, any Any set that grants a damage shield in my in my opinion straight out the window and this just with the the cooldown and everything maybe they'll adjust it over the course of of pts you know it's early Um, but in this in this state right here no way that there's no way that's just straight to the decon pile yeah um the monster set is called baron zadrus z-a-u-d-r-u-s baron zadrus uh the one piece bonus is nice it gives you a tri stat uh maximum stamina magicka and health uh, and then the two-piece, applying a status effect to an enemy, grants you a stack of Zadrus's Ambition. All about the stacks. Still, all th- these still, years later. They still love those stacks. All about the stacks. Applying So applying a status effect to an enemy grants you a stack of Zadrus's Ambition for th- 10 seconds, up to three stacks max. Uh, when you have all three stacks, then they are removed and you gain three ultimate. And at that point, uh, it's on a two-second cooldown before you can start gaining stacks again. Uh, two thoughts that immediately came to my mind. Two easy ways to like get those stacks really quickly is to use uh, like a charged Destro staff and use Wall of Elements. Especially in PvP, a charged Frost staff is very common to use. Um, you can apply that chilled status effect to multiple enemies at once very easily like that. And you'll get all three stacks probably right away like that. Uh, and then the Dragon Knight, uh, Burning Embers, and Venomous Claw, those are two morphs of the same ability, uh, guaranteed to apply the status effect. Uh, and I think there's some other, I think there's a Nightblade ability that is guaranteed to apply a status effect. And or just there's, Caltrops, there's others. Right? Caltrops, yeah. Yep. So you can just kind of spam that and I think probably get those stacks uh, really quickly. So uh, three ultimate, basically... Best case scenario, that's three extra ultimate every five seconds. That doesn't Seems seem right. that much to me. I, that's I guess. like it's like in the ballpark of like what uh, I think minor heroism gives you, probably. Yeah, I mean, I, you know me, I love some ultimate. I had to read this one a couple times because it was like, all right, so every two seconds, you can get 
three three ultimate. Just kind of depends on how quickly you gain how quickly you can gain those stacks. I'm guessing typically you're going to get like three ultimate every five seconds or so. Yeah. See, that's the thing is that you know with the math I was just talking about three ultimate or you know every two seconds or six ultimate every four seconds. That seems really quick, but like the, you got to get these stacks, and then you have to get the, up to the three stacks, and then those have to max out. It's like I don't know. I guess it could happen quickly, but it's it seems like a lot for I just I don't know. I love ultimate gain, but there might be builds out there that can somehow exploit like the chances of applying status effects and stuff like that. I don't really know, but I could see this being one of those things. It's like a sleeper, like some someone months from now figures out some weird broken build using this but on its surface it does not seem amazing well it's it, you know you have to compare it to bloodspawn right and and bloodspawn yeah. seems like it's going to generate ultimate a lot better and bloodspawn gives you some extra so i just it's that's true bloodspawn you don't really have to do anything to you know to kick it in gear and you get some extra defensive abilities so it's like I don't know. Like, I feel like the, if this was going to be this, it needs to generate ultimate better in Bloodspawn, and I just don't get that from it. Maybe, maybe I'm not doing my math right, or maybe, maybe I'm underestimating how quickly that'll build up. But that was just kind of my thoughts on it. Yeah, yeah. If any listeners have any thoughts on that, on um, you know, maybe, maybe there is some sort of build or some sort of exploit where you can you can get those three stacks just like instantly guaranteed all the time, and who knows? Also, again, we'll probably say this multiple times. It's the very first day of PTS. So oh, yeah. these numbers could definitely change over the course of the next several weeks. So best name award for these new armor sets. Is it True Sworn Fury? What's your number two? I'm curious. Let's see. Not Drake's Rush. <laughs> uh, I kind of like Fool Killer's Ward. Okay, the heavy armor set from. Uh, I think the my culprit. next one is is the Baron Zaudrus or Zaudrus. It's a cool name, Zaudrus. Yeah, I just like that one. Baron, yeah. cool title. Seems yeah. like that one probably looks cool. So those are the new armor sets. We're just getting started. There's a lot more to talk about. <laughs> There's some stuff happening. There's there are some things happening. I'm gonna take a sip of water. It's so funny that, that the live stream happens and it's like you watch like the main event and you're like, okay, there's some stuff happening. You know, that's pretty cool to, you get the, you know, the companion, uh, that's neat. Uh, they're, you know, they're going into Blackwood. That seems cool. The kind of cool. They're bringing in Imperials. It's like, all right, this is where the Imperials have been hanging out, I guess. And it's such a short presentation too. Yeah. Like the official thing, it's pretty short. And then the after, the after show or the 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 after stream was like wham <laughs> everything you needed everything Here you want to know about everything some serious stuff it's like, like let's oh, just skip wow. straight to that yeah like why didn't they, <laughs> they why didn't they talk about that at all jeez yeah. yeah um so maybe the most significant thing with this update is um the champion point system is getting a major update this is something that they started talking about, I think, like two years ago, that they were planning mm-hmm. to do a major overhaul to the champion point system. And then just total silence about that ever since. And <laughs> we just haven't heard a word about it. And they said they've been working on this, like, basically all this time. Uh, and now they're ready to roll it out. 
Uh, I think it seems really cool, really interesting. Um, I haven't had a chance to get my hands on it, even though PTS apparently went live today. It's I ha haven't been able to log into it all day long to actually check any of this stuff out. It just hasn't allowed me to log in. Um, but from what they demonstrated, it seems interesting. So they have some goals for this new system that they are shooting for. One is to encourage what they call horizontal progression rather than vertical progression. And what they mean by that is as your character progresses over time, they want that to result in more options and more variety rather than simply more power. Um, so that's one thing. Um, there are also there are going to be fewer passives on your character at a time. Uh, and that's going to help ser server performance. Although they did warn us to temper expectations. It's not going to be the thing that makes everything <laughs> better. Um, but it, it, it's going to help in it. So it is a performance-minded change as well. Uh, and then they also said they built it with future growth in mind. So then future updates, if they want to expand this into other things, they've built it in such a way where it's going to be easy for them to do that. So that's, that's really cool. Um, the UI looks similar but different. It's just kind of um, updated, more modern looking. It looks like a game that was developed in, you know, modern times rather than, you know, several years ago. Um, and maybe one of the, probably the most notable thing about this update is that now CP stars, you have slottable and unslottable CP stars. So there's a kind of a skill bar at the top of the screen, kind of like just like in your skill screen, like where you slot your normal skills. Uh, and some of your champion points, not all of them, there, there's different ones that work different ways, but some of them are slottable and they're only active if you slot them. So that's kind of how they're limiting how many passives are going to be active on your character at a time, because uh, a lot of them you can you can only have if you slot them and there's only so many slots. Um, I think that's actually really interesting. And also, just like with normal skills, you can slot and unslot things as much as you please. You don't have to respec all your champion points uh, to do that. A lot packed in there, right? <laughs> yeah. Also, the the CP cap has been raised from the current 810 to... What would you guess? I mean, I know you already know, but Oof. I would I guess not, if they I would were going to raise this. it... I would have guessed maybe a thousand. Did you? you know, that makes sense. Did you have any, like, like would you have ever guessed that it, you like it would have been above what your CP is? No, no, my CP is like fourteen hundred or something like that, which is, that's really high. Uh, they're raising the cap to thirty six hundred, three thousand six hundred, which I've never. I don't think I've ever seen anyone with that much CP. <laughs> Uh, did you see also, you asked me this question when we were talking about it initially, they are raising or they are adjusting the rate you earn uh, CP yeah. to go with that level. Like it makes me think I'm going to log in and it's like, wow, am I going to gain like 12 CP levels like <laughs> a day yeah. now? Like That's interesting. Now, also an important thing to note about this, though, is that someone with 3,600 champion points isn't necessarily going to be more powerful than someone with a thousand champion points because of that slotting system. You're limited to how many of those things can even be active at a time. So it's mm -hmm. really, and they describe this in the live stream. It really just amounts to more choice that you have going forward past a certain point, not more power. Yeah. 
the biggest thing that stood out to me with this with this champion system update is you know that the build diversity you know build focus build diversity people are gonna you know and they mention this a lot you know cp has really been about just when you have cp you get everything and it just makes your character kind of have everything we joke about that all the time by we're in battlegrounds and it's nice because your character doesn't have everything whereas when you have cp it's like all right everybody has sustained damage max stats like they kind of get it all uh, I think this is going to be awesome to help that. It's not going to be that way anymore. It's going to be more focused uh, build diversity with what CP. I, what I really like about this slottable, unslottable system is, um, you know, we use this dressing room add-on to, like, change loadouts, right? Mm-hmm. We can click a button and be like, this is my loadout for doing dungeons. Click another button. This is my loadout uh, for doing quests. And it'll automatically swap out my gear and my skills and everything for that purpose um and you're but you're always stuck with your champion points uh i imagine that those types of add-ons are going to be able to incorporate this new slotting system with champion points so that you can now have a pvp setup versus a pve setup and your champion points can be changed to be appropriate um so you know i know a lot of characters especially like console players you know you have your pve character and you have your pvp character and they're separate this can make it a lot more possible to just have one character that does everything and they're perfectly well equipped for for all of it um without having to respec and reallocate and all that so that's pretty cool um another cool thing and i think these things are going to have significant impact on uh no cp pvp in particular which is davis that's that's our thing that's where we live um so no longer will you get a 20% increase in your max stats for your first 300 champion points. If, if you're not aware, currently, whenever you spend a point into one of the green constellations, you get extra stamina. The red constellations gives you health and the blue gives you magicka. Um, you, so up, up to 300 champion points, you get extra stats and it caps out at 20% at that 300 champion points and then it stops happening past that. So with this update, that's no longer going to happen. Uh, but instead, they're going to compensate by giving those stats to your character's base stats. So your, your base character will now have 16,000 health rather than 8,744 before. Uh, and their uh, Magicka and Stamina is going to be 12,000 instead of 79.58. So major, major increases to those base stats. And of course, that's before food and all of that. Um, that's significant because like with our, with our builds, like, uh, that we do in battlegrounds, you always just have to account for the fact that, okay, well, when I go into battlegrounds, I'm going to lose a bunch of max stats because those champion points are being taken away. Um, now there are going to be champion points, specific champion points that you can spend points into to increase your max magicka or max health or stamina, but you have to choose those specific stars. It's not just an automatic thing. Yep. Um, otherwise, those max stats are going to stay the same. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's. I, I think you're right. I think it's going to be huge for BGs. I mean, we're talking major stat increases in Battlegrounds. Yeah, massive. Uh, I mean, almost double. Uh, also, uh, as a as a base thing, they're reducing your character's damage taken by fifteen percent. Uh, and they say that, I guess that's something that you already get from uh, champion points. I didn't realize that, that you just get bonus mitigation from champion points. Um, but they're putting that 
as your character's base stat as well. So that's another thing that's going to come into play in no CP, PvP, and Battlegrounds um, that I think is going to be significant. And that's that's going to come into play big time with some of these armor changes that we're about to talk about. Uh, I, think, I think that's important to remember that 15% base damage reduction as we talk about some of these uh these armor changes here yeah that's gonna be and it, <laughs> we'll talk about it more later when we kind of just talk about battlegrounds but uh the idea of some you know reduced damage in battlegrounds right now that, that, that i like that <laughs> i like the idea of taking just a flat 15 percent less damage in battlegrounds across the board i will take that i Absolutely. will take that please please so let's talk about these armor changes. I think this actually might be the thing that I'm most interested in uh, this patch. And I'm just really, really curious to see how the meta shapes up. Like, I think this is the first thing in a long time, like first update that's happened in a long time that I've looked at and thought, like, I have no idea oh, what yeah. my builds are going to be like. You I'm, know? A, like I'm 100% with you. Like, this is... yeah. I have zero idea what the meta is going to be. Yeah. And like, it seems like there's, there's really going to be a ton of room for diversity and choice and a lot of viable options is what honestly, how, how I'm picking up here. Yeah. So, um, they're saying that they want to make a bigger distinction between the different armor types. They want to make, make it more like a paper, rock, scissors sort of thing and make it feel very different between wearing light armor versus heavy armor versus medium. And you'll have like very specific reasons for, for choosing those armor types. Um, they've added these new bonuses and penalties uh, to the different armor types. So I'll go through these really quick. Uh, light armor bonuses reduces your damage taken from magical attacks. So like flame, magic damage, frost damage, shock damage. Uh, so each piece uh, of light armor uh, decreases that type of damage by 1%. So if you have seven pieces, that's 7%. Reduces the cost of roll dodge by 3% per piece. That's interesting. That's a new thing. Increases your movement speed while sneaking by 5% per piece. So I guess that's a cool thing for Magblades. Mm-hmm. Um, reduces the cost of break free by 5% per piece and the cost of bash by 3% per piece. So those are the, the new light armor bonuses that are just added... In addition to the existing passives, I'm pretty sure all the existing passives are still all there. Yep. Um, and then, so there's also a list of penalties that you get for wearing light armor. Uh, each piece of light armor increases your damage taken from martial attacks by 1%. Martial attacks are like physical, poison, disease, and bleed damage. So you take additional damage from those, 1% additional damage from those types of attacks when you wear, uh, for each piece of light armor. Uh, now remember, your base character is taking fifteen percent less damage overall. Period. So that's yeah, going to balance a- out quite a bit already. Um, also increases the cost of block by three percent per piece of armor worn. Flavor wise, I feel like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and then decreases your damage done with bash by one percent per piece. I think those things make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And we'll we'll get into all of these, but I I feel like the biggest thing with these that I really get the feel of is that they really were like, okay, what if you're wearing light armor, if you're wearing robes, what's going to happen? And so it's like it makes sense, and and I do think that that's a really cool aspect of this. Is it's like 
you're going to be lighter. You know, it's going to be easier for yeah. you to roll dodge. You weigh less. It's real light. You know, it's light armor. It, you know, reduces the cost of break fee. You're not weighed down, you know, weighed down as much. I do uh, like the, the emphasis on mobility is really nice. Yep. And yep. then taking more damage from Marshall, you know, someone's going to hit you. You're not going to be protected as much. You know, yeah, you're just wearing clothes. You. It just seems odd to me that, okay, if my character is naked, he'll take less damage from from swords yeah. than if he's wearing light armor. Like, that just seems I, odd. I almost wish, because I thought about that too, is it, 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 it is weird that you put on light armor and somehow you take more damage. I almost wish that the 15% damage taken would be a passive that only kicks in like as soon as you have armor equipped. Yeah, something like that. It's just, yeah, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, it kind of does and doesn't make sense, I guess, at the same time. But no, um, I mean, you know, it, it, grand scheme of things, nobody should be running around with no armor on, so. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Don't <yeah>. do that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you take less damage from magic attacks, more damage from physical attacks, basically. Um, medium armor. So medium armor, there actually are no penalties. It's only bonuses, but they say that they're they're not as extreme bonuses as the others uh, because there are no penalties. So it should kind of balance out, I think. Um, so the bonuses reduces the cost of sprint by one percent per piece worn. And I was asking about this earlier. This is remember the existing passives are all there. So the athletics passive that reduces your roll dodge cost and increases your sprint speed. That's on top of this. So now you're additionally getting sprint cost reduction, 1% per piece. Uh, reduces the cost of sneak by 5% per piece. Uh, reduce the cost of block by 3%. Uh, reduce the, reduce your, uh, reduces your damage taken from AOE attacks by 2% for 2 seconds after you roll dodge. Kind of interesting. A really pulley build. Yep. Um, and then increase your movement speed by 2% while immune to crowd control that's really interesting so break break free out of a out of a fossilize uh and you have two percent extra movement speed i guess per per piece of armor yeah i'm really booking it uh here's my guess from this medium armor i think is already your favorite totally i think that is going to continue to be the case I think you were correct. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, and I think there's something to be said that medium, you know, they said that the the bonuses from it are not as strong as the bonuses from the other two, but there's no negative to medium. And that is very appealing to me. Like and no negatives, the, no penalties the, that you have to worry about. Yeah. And the existing medium armor passives, in my opinion, are really, really good. I like mm -hmm. them a lot. So this on top of that, yeah, I'm absolutely going to take it. I don't have to worry about taking additional damage from this or less damage from that. I just take the same amount of damage from everyone, and I just need to worry about moving fast and trying to avoid that damage, uh, period. Um, medium armor's looking really good. Um, honestly, I think light armor's looking really good, too. Um, like, the, the, the more emphasis on mobility seems really cool. Yep. And increasing damage from martial attacks, I've we're going to talk about this in a minute. There's going to be ways to deal with that. Definitely. definitely. Uh, heavy armor. So the heavy armor bonuses um, reduces your damage taken from martial attacks by 1%, 1% per piece worn. So it's basically the inverse of Magicka, right? Yep. Less physical damage, but you take more magic damage. Um, increases the amount of damage blocked by 1% per piece, increase the damage done with bash by 3% per piece, 
and reduce your damage taken while immune to crowd control by 2% per piece. Um, and then the penalties, like I just said, you take additional 1% uh, magic damage per piece, uh, reduces the movement speed bonus of sprint by 1% per piece. That's actually pretty interesting and flavor-wise makes perfect sense. You're putting yeah. on these giant pieces of metal. Of course, you're going to run slower. Um, yep. So that's, that's actually really interesting. And I wonder how many people are going to continue using heavy armor. Heavy armor has been really popular in PvP yep. and still is for a long time. I wonder how much that's going to affect that. Yep. Uh, increase the cost of roll dodge by 3% per piece worn. Increase the size of your detection area while sneaking by 10% per piece worn. Um, so yeah, you're just going to be this hulking, loud, clunking, just knocking mm. over tables and chairs every time you <laughs> enter a room. Uh, <laughs> so this armor, this armor change is interesting to me. It, it's interesting for me because right now my favorite type of armor i would say is heavy armor and i'm not uh -huh. alone on that i think that's like you said especially in pvp and battlegrounds heavy armor is very popular right now after going through this and kind of thinking about it and it's just first initial thoughts it's not you know it's came out this today and they, they talked about yesterday but um i think that heavy armor my initial thought on this is heavy armor is now probably my least favorite armor wow uh, I think it's, you know, the, I do like the, for, you know, for like a stamina build, like a stam, my stam DK build. I like the fact that his martial attacks are going to be more and, you know, he leaps a lot. So I don't really care if he's slower, like, but all the, you know, all the kind of the bonuses to me are not, um, like the increasing damage, but with bash, like. In Battlegrounds and with my character, I don't use Bash a whole lot. And that's kind of a, like, they made that kind of an emphasis. That's a big part of the Bash with Heavy Armor. Uh, compared to the negatives, like, taking away my sprint speed. And in yeah. a lot of, like, uh, stamina characters right now, and even with my Stam DK, this kind of worries me. The increase your damage taken from magical attacks, that's concerning. There's already a struggle, I feel like, with a, with a slow stamina kind of tanky build. Oh yeah, it's already a struggle right now in a battleground. If you've got like a really good Magicka user that's just hitting you hard, it's already a struggle to get to them. And this one only makes it seem like that's going to be even trickier. And so, there's plenty of really strong Magicka builds out there right now. That Vatisran staff is yeah. everywhere. Um, so that's that's a that's a pretty severe penalty. Well, it seems like it. Uh, yeah, there there are mitigating factors that sure we're, and we're going to get into. It's small percentages too. Yeah, it's very small percentages. Um, so let, let's just get into it right now. So for one, it is very small percentages. You're taking extra damage, extra 1% damage per piece worn. So if you're wearing seven pieces heavy, that's 7% additional damage from Magicka users. And remember, in no CP, you're already taking 15% less damage from everyone already. Yep. So it's already kind of mitigated just from that. Yeah. Um, but... I think what mitigates it even more is is this thing right here. All armor passives now scale per piece of armor equipped rather than some of them granting bonuses while wearing five pieces or more. So I think that one thing right there is a thing that blows the lid off of everything. Because yes. any concern you have about any of these armor types, you can actually just mix and match as much as you like. <laughs> yes. You don't, you don't want to take... 
you know you don't want to take extra magic damage disproportionate to physical damage you can just wear equal pieces light and heavy armor to balance that out like yep. you could run like i think probably a common type that might end up happening on some of my builds maybe could end up being like three light three medium one heavy so i get i'm getting like the the mobility bonuses from both light and medium mm-hmm. you know and then some of the some of the stuff from heavy there's no incentive to run five of something unless that's just the number that i want to get the the passives that i want you know it's uh so i think that right there is going to take care of a lot of concerns about like taking extra damage here or taking less damage there or whatever you can just kind of mix and match those armor types until it's dialed into where you like and also remembering that you have that that 15 percent damage reduction at base anyway um that's the thing i think is makes this so super cool and a thing that i think shakes up this meta so much more than anything uh, like man what yes. what's kind of like right now i kind of have it in mind like okay my stamina characters i like them to run seven medium that's just kind of how i like them to do it and then my Mar- magicka characters do five light one medium one heavy and that's just kind of i know that's how they do it i'm gonna have to rethink all of that and i bet there's probably not going to be one single formula that fits all my characters you know it's probably like each individual character is going to be like very specifically dialed in a very specific way yeah that's Um, exactly what i was thinking i mean this one to me this this part is what screams to me like i have no idea what the meta is going to be and i think you just hit the nail on the head there is that i think it's going to be different for each character i think the meta is going to be it depends on the character whether it's you know you could even do it, you know, you could still do five one one or things like that. So and then the other part to this that I think is interesting is that how much more appealing are craftable sets now? Oh yeah. Uh you can choose, you know, craftable sets are what are what's gonna lead you to a, a you know, a four three setup or a two two three. You know, these dungeon sets that are set where you that you you know, you if you want that set, you gotta have five of, of a trait. Um they're a little less appealing to me now. Yeah. It's uh, it's so interesting. Like I, I really super can't wait to see like all the theory crafting that happens. All the I think we're gonna see some weird builds. I think this is opening the door big time for some really cool hybrid builds. I think there's still yeah. some more changes need to happen to the game before hybrids can really be viable. But I think this is a major step in that direction. Yeah. We're getting closer, closer and closer, bit by bit. Yeah. <laughs> so cool you could run four three you could do like four light three heavy you know two heavy two medium three light i mean the two two three setup is the craziest to me like and that sounds good to me like two light two heavy and three three medium to me yeah like that sounds real good to me yeah it's so it's it's like so hard for my brain to even wrap around like I, I still like I'm instinctively like well no I gotta have five like but no I don't actually <laughs> like, you don't actually <laughs> uh yeah, so that's really neat. Uh, I think that with the champion points system, those two things there combined, man, we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of theory crafting, a lot of numbers to crunch. I think it's gonna be yeah. fun. A lot of really fun, cool stuff to talk about in the coming weeks. Oh yeah. Um, and they've made some changes to some of the existing armor passives as well. I'll try to move through these pretty quick, but light armor, the concentration passive. Uh, now gives you 939 spell penetration per piece of light armor rather than 4884 while wearing five pieces or more. So that's an example there. It's just per piece rather than having to hit that five. 
Um, Prodigy now gives you 1% spell critical per piece of light armor uh, rather than 10% with fire more. Uh, spell warding gives you uh, increases the amount of spell resistance granted per rank to 726 up from 363. So just a buff to that passive. Uh, medium armor, the agility passive gives you 2% weapon damage per piece of medium armor rather than a 15% increase when you're at 5 or more. Uh, dexterity, decrease the amount of weapon critical granted to 1% uh, per piece down from 1.5% per piece. So a little bit of a nerf there. Heavy armor, rapid mending passive now increases your healing taken by 1% for every piece of heavy armor worn rather than 8% with 5 or more. So that's going to be a nerf no matter how you slice it. Yep. Um, resolve, decrease the amount of armor granted per piece of heavy armor worn to 343 instead of 363. Very minor nerf there. Uh, revitalize, this passive now increases the, res uh, the resources restored from your fully charged heavy attacks by 4% per piece of heavy armor uh, rather than 25% with 5 or more. That was, a, that was a lot of numbers. I know that kind of <laughs> dull hearing a lot of numbers read off like that, but just basically just illustrating that uh, the five or more thing no longer required at all. Yeah. And unless that's just the, the number you're shooting for, but otherwise there's no need for it. Yeah. Well, and like, and, you know, kind of like I said in the beginning, really to the, the best way to understand this armor thing to me and the changes is just think of actual armor, light armor, robes and stuff, not going to protect you a whole lot, but can help you a lot. Magic wise, medium armor, you know, sneaking you know rogue like uh, and then heavy armor clunky slow but you're gonna be you know you're kind of tanky like it really each type of armor now really focuses on on what the actual armor is more so than ever yeah i think it's gonna be really cool i think it's gonna take some getting used to and i think a lot of people are maybe gonna grumble a little bit and begrudgingly have to like respect their characters or whatever but you know you and me davius this is like we get excited about this oh, stuff. Yeah, we, we can't it. wait for it can't like uh, more changes coming and they seem like positive changes it doesn't just seem like change for its own sake it seems like good positive changes that i think are going to result in uh build diversity a lot more like viable cool interesting wacky builds um so yeah i'm into it i'm definitely into it we always joke that like the game knows what it's doing because me and you were just about finished with all of our characters builds there. Like we were just about like, all right, I think I've got these right. We want to, and then boom, this happens. And it's like, all right, here we go. Let's start this over. And we and super excited about it. Yeah, I'm, I know. I'm ready. It's, it's so wild because you're right. Like I've, I've been spending this whole patch getting my characters kind of updated for this patch, getting them really dialed in. And it sounds like, a lot of that's just going to go right out the window here pretty soon. But who knows? Maybe maybe it's not going to be like totally on its head. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Um, another little quality of life thing. Uh, they're giving us advanced stats on your character screen. It's just uh, a much more detailed readout of your character stats. There's a add-on called, I think, Harvin's ex uh, Extended Stats um, that mm -hmm. I've been using for a long time been a great add-on i've been thankful for it but i'm probably gonna get rid of it now because it's just gonna be built in this seems like such a simple thing and it is such a small thing but like this might be one of the things i'm most excited about like if you actually see you know we'll see more and more of what the actual stats listed but we always talk about the build editor we use like this is advanced stats like they very give detailed. you very detailed 
Uh, and, you know, we always, you know, everybody that listens know how much me and Kit love tinkering and, and editing and working on these builds and strategizing. This is part, like, this is so nice to have this in game now. I am pumped to get yeah. these stats exactly where I want them to be. And, and to have it in the game, and it's yes. it's, a, it's of a detail that if you've ever used the UESP build editor, which we refer to all the time, it's it's on that level of detail. Like, um, just every possible stat, like how much your block costs, how much your sprint costs, how much additional, how much frost damage do you take? How much frost yep. damage do you do? Uh, all that kind of stuff. And it's neat to have it in the game because to see those kinds of stats, what Davis and I have always done in the past is we go to this build editor on the internet and like replicate our build there and then see the stats and hope that they're somewhat <laughs> accurate to what's actually in the game. Um, so now we can just straight up see it. It's going to be really yep. nice. Yeah, really excited about that. Um, so that's a nice little quality of life thing. Another quality of life thing. I think there's going to be a lot of quality of life this year, honestly. Yeah. Uh, which I it seems like about. that's going to be kind of the big focus. Yep. They've said as much and they're already kind of making making good on some of that. So you're going to have the option to fast travel to the outside of your home. Uh, they said that they know that a lot of people just like to use their houses f- for the purpose of fast traveling. So to just give you one less load screen to go through you can you can now just port to the outside of your home and then there you are that's pretty cool this i have to say this obviously i own the home in east march sure i can you know free travel to east march now and i use my home a lot but sometimes i'll pay you know the little bit of gold because it's like i don't want to go into that loading screen right free you travel. Load, load into your home and then another loading screen yeah. to go out the door yeah free travel to east march i mean just beautiful just yeah. beautiful poetry very nice and just such a just a nice little thing that i don't think many people i don't i never even heard anyone ask for that but it's just like a nice little thoughtful thing it was easy to add i'm looking forward to i think there's going to be a bunch of little minor touches like that this is going to be just nice you know yeah um so combat and ability changes um there's some interesting stuff here i don't know if there's anything earth shattering but we'll see as we get into it um, so for one, gaining resistances for a particular damage type no longer grants immunity to its respective status effect. And they've adjusted racial passives uh, to compensate for that. But um, basically, nobody is immune to any status effects anymore. Yeah. Um, you can have resistance to, to a particular damage type, but that just means you take less damage from it. You can still be inflicted with the, the status effect, though. Um, in addition to that, there are some new status effects. So when you deal bleed damage, that can apply the hemorrhaging status, which gives a, a small four-second dot and applies minor mangle to the target, which I think that reduces their maximum health, I think is what that does. Yeah, I think that's what that one does. Um, physical damage can apply the sundered status. Again, it applies a small four-second dot and applies minor breach. Um and magic damage has a chance to apply the overcharged status. Again, another small four-second dot, uh, and it, and it applies minor magic steal. That's pretty cool, actually. So that any cool. magic damage, uh, and we, I feel like I always need to clarify, magic damage is a specific damage type. It's not just <laughs> yes. something that costs magic. It has it specifically deals magic damage. Um, so we, we've it, all we've all had that moment where we go. Oh. 
Yeah, the moment you realize War Maiden isn't nearly as good as you thought it was, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, it, it can apply minor magic steel, though. That's pretty cool, actually, I think. Yeah, really helpful. Um, there's also some adjust- adjustments to some class abilities. I'm actually not going to get into those at all because they're they're mostly kind of minor. They're... I don't know. Some of them are sort of interesting, but just for the sake of time, I'm not going to get into all of it. I don't think any of them really significantly impacts the way you play your character or yeah. anything like that. I, I 100% so, agree with that. I, I didn't. I don't think any of them are just going to massively have a, have an impact. Yeah, just adjusting some some numbers and uh, and little things like that here and there. So feel free to check out those patch notes if you want those details. We're just going to skip over it. Uh, we can talk about some of these uh, weapon ability changes, and starting off, maybe the maybe the the crown jewel of the PTS, <laughs> uh, snipe getting nerfed, man. So um, they so I guess the cast time was buffed a little bit. It's a zero point eight second cast time instead of a one second cast time, uh, but the damage has been reduced by twenty one percent. Pretty significant. Yeah, I think Snipe's going to kind of become more of just this kind of uh, regular spammable ability, and it's not going to be this heavy hit ability that we've come to know it as. Yeah. Unless you get unless you get that point blank Snipe. <laughs> right. Still waiting. Still for out it. there. <laughs> uh, that's bad. I'm I'm happy to see that. I think a lot of people are going to be happy to see that Snipe yes. long overdue uh, getting nerfed. Uh, dual wield. Um, there's a lot of kind of animation refinements that they talked about. Also, the twin blade and blunt passive has been reworked a little bit. So axes uh, no longer give you a chance to apply a bleed. Uh, instead, they increase your critical damage and healing done by 4% per axe. So possibly 8% if you're if you're holding two axes. It's interesting. I've always thought of axes as these things that cause bleeds. So it's weird to think of it as yes. this thing that now increases crit damage I, and healing. It's like I have I have some odd. comments on this one. I'll let you get through the rest of the weapons, but I've got some comments on axes specifically with this. Okay. Uh, yeah, that that one seems odd to me. Daggers now grant three three point four percent critical chance per dagger rather than five percent. So that's a nerf. Uh, maces now grant 1650 armor penetration per mace rather than simply ignoring 10% of, uh, of the target's physical resistance. I did some kind of quick napkin math earlier. That's a little bit of a nerf right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and swords now grant 142 weapon damage per sword rather than increasing damage done by 6%. I actually like that because that's going to help your healing as well. Yeah. That's kind of a cool thing. Yeah, that's that's a good so so kind of going back into this, I really I actually like all these changes, but maybe the axe one a little bit selfishly. But the daggers, maces, and swords, those make sense. They they seem there to be almost the same abilities, but like the swords one's really nice because now we actually get to see that in our stats. You know, yeah. that damage done, it was just kind of like, well, I know that that's there. Now I'm actually gonna get to see the stats. Same thing with the maces. So uh-huh. I like all those changes. Uh, just from a stat perspective and being able to see it easier. This axe one kind of blows my mind because when I read when I read this, the first thing that I thought of, you know, Davius is my main character. He's full heals, full support. I'm contemplating running dual wield axes on his front bar. 
Yeah. And you're always complaining about Magicka builds being stuck with stabs, but here's a perfectly good excuse to use axes on your healer. Yeah, he's a support build. If I run dual wield axes, he's a Templar. So I can do, you know, I can do regeneration on my back bar with a heal bar, but two powered axes dual wield on the front bar with yeah. the Templar heal abilities, like he's, that's going to be. Yeah. And your light and heavy attacks don't matter because you use that Sigic Order ability that turns exactly. your light and heavy attacks into heals. Yep. Dude, you got to do that. Yeah. So Davius is going to be, and the one thing I will say, I don't know how how much I think a healer holding two axes in each hand makes sense. Well, what if you did a single two-handed axe? Because the... Yeah. Uh, let's get into the two-handers we'll, yeah, here. We'll, yeah, we'll go uh, right into that. So the the heavy weapons passive was basically given the same treatment. So a two-handed axe now gives you 8% critical damage and healing done. So mm-hmm. you could just do that. Yeah. Uh, maces now grant 3300 armor penetration rather than ignoring 20% of the target's physical resistance a slight nerf right there uh, I think is, that's going to amount to uh, and swords a two handed sword will give you 284 weapon and spell damage rather than increasing damage done by 6% so um, now I wonder if they made a typo because dual wield swords, it says grants you 142 weapon damage per sword uh, and two hander gives you weapon and spell damage. So I wonder if dual wield actually gives you both as well. And yeah, I think that has to be a typo because that they've, they've kind of, that's, you know, that's kind of a change they made in the past where really weapons kind of give you both Yeah. now. And so I, I bet that's just a typo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. I feel like we are just ever inching our way closer to like really freeing up weapon choices for Magicka builds. We're not quite Love there it. yet. Love but it. We're inching our way there. Um, so that's all the that's all the weapon stuff that I wanted to talk about. Um, werewolf. I think werewolves are getting nerfed a little bit here. So uh, Hercene's Fortitude, which is their their main burst heal ability. Uh, reduce the health and stamina recovery cap of this morph uh, to 333 instead of 666. So uh, that's a pretty significant sustain nerf there, I would say. Yep. Uh, Savage Strength, this passive now grants major resolve rather than increasing your armor by 10,000. And they say they did that to tone down some of the staggering defenses that werewolves could obtain with little to no effort. That right there, I think, is going to be Huge. significant. Huge. That's significant. I actually like this for two reasons, a little selfishly. And, you know, right now I run, um, oh, what's your favorite monster set? Mighty Chudan. Mighty Chudan. Yeah, get rid of on that On my now. werewolf to get, yeah. And so I actually, obviously my werewolf's pretty tanky, but I'm actually excited to get rid of Chudan. Because that was, for a werewolf, that was kind of the one buff that they were missing and so now i get to kind of change it up with the werewolf and, and get more out of that i know he's not gonna be as tanky but i'm, I'm they're actually too kind of survivable excited. this is yeah, a good change and, and going against werewolves like they're they're too they're too tanky right now and so even though it's gonna kind of be a nerf for my werewolf i'm excited to do a little something different i mean how, how many werewolves out there were probably wearing mighty Tutan? so yeah so I think that's a good change. Sustained nerf and uh, and armor nerf to werewolves. Good change. Fighter's Guild, Banish the Wicked passive has been changed a little bit. So now it grants you three ultimate whenever you kill an enemy 
while you have a fighter's guild ability slotted, uh, rather than restoring a nine ultimate whenever you kill an undead Daedra or werewolf. So before you didn't have to have anything slotted at all. It didn't matter. You just had to kill mm-hmm. one of those types of things. Now it's when you kill anyone, but you have to have a fighter's guild ability slotted. So uh, could potentially result in more or less ultimate, depending on the situation, I guess. Yeah, I think in a PVE aspect, I think this is going to be a lot more ultimate. You know, yeah. those when you go and take out those mobs of like, 15 people that's a lot of ultimate i don't think this has really much of if any change in, in pvp but um well maybe in maybe in uh, um, imperial city it's going to affect some build decisions and it's going to affect like whether or not i actually put points into this passive or not you know because yep. if i'm not slotting dawn breaker or camo hunter then i'm probably not going to put points in this passive yeah so. very true uh, but at the, by the same token, this is like an extra incentive uh, incentive to slot one of those skills as well. So just factors in there. Um, for the Alliance War, this is really interesting. The Continuous Attack Passive. So let me pull this up and read what this passive does. <laughs> I'm glad you're going to do this because I, I had to have you explain this one to me a little bit because I, I needed your help. I was like, all right, now I'm trying to figure out what's happening here. So the... The current version of the Continuous Attack passive increases your weapon damage and spell damage by 10% and your Magicka and Stamina recovery by 20% for 10 minutes after you capture a Lumber Mill, Farm, Mine, or Keep. So it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing in Cyrodiil, right? It's like this temporary buff that you get whenever you capture one of those things. In addition to that... Um, Continuous attack will now always grant major gallop when you purchase the the passive. So those buffs that I just read off, those are temporary after you capture one of those resources or a keep or, or something like that. But in addition to that, you also have a major gallop at all times whenever you have that passive unlocked. That's huge. That's amazing. So major gallop, that's your uh, mount buff speed, right? Yep. Uh, that's the reason we use rapids. Uh, and usually we use a uh, an add-on that slots and unslots rapids automatically whenever you mount. Uh, and it's really, really nice and it makes you run really fast. Not going to be necessary anymore because as long as you have this passive unlocked, that's just how fast your mount goes all the time. Yeah, that's why I had to have you explain this one too because I couldn't believe how – like this is a quality of life change here. How Big amazing time. it is to just always have major gallop. Like I don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, and not too long ago, they moved the Rapids ability down the skill line a little bit, so it's no longer the first thing you unlock. And that was the thing that a lot of people were not happy about that because a lot of people, it's the only PvP skill they want. They just want that so they can run around fast on the overworld. Um, So that alleviates that completely. It's just the first passive, unlock that. your, Your mount is now super fast all the time. You don't have to slot a skill and unslot a skill and all that stuff. Really, really nice. Um. So then the Rapids ability no longer grants Major Gallop since it's no longer necessary. So all it really does is gives Major Expedition for, I think, eight seconds to you and your group. I think did, they're going to have to add something else to Rapids Did at Rapids some point. just become the most unused skill of the game? <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to have to do something else with the Rapids because, yeah, I went from like one of the first skills that everyone should get like as soon as you hit level 10 to ah, no reason to get it at all really actually i i think at minimum it's got to go back to because 
it used to give you major expedition for as long as you got major gallop, right? You didn't used to get major expedition for, yeah, like for a like really long time. Thirty whole seconds. <laughs> I don't Until know if it needs to be combat, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it needs to be that long, but maybe something like that again. Like make make it give major expedition for longer than eight seconds. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, or give it some extra like secondary buff or something. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta think they're gonna do something there because that's a big thing to take away from that ability to not give it anything back at all. Exactly. Um. So those are all of those. Um. Some some changes to the races, and it's mostly just stuff related to the fact that nobody is immune to status effects anymore. Period, and that includes races. So Argonians no longer immune to the disease status effect, but they're uh, resistance to poison damage is double what it was before. Um, the resourceful passive, that potion passive that they're known for, um, in addition to the to getting resources whenever you drink a potion, you also just get an extra 1,000 max stamina whenever you unlock that passive. So that's nice, a little something extra for Argonians. Uh, but... Uh, the sacrifice for that is they nerfed that um, that potion passive just a little bit. You get 3125 resources restored instead of 4000, which is what it is currently. A little bit of a nerf there, but you get that max stamina, which is really nice. So, yeah. Um, Breton, no idea why why yeah, we needed what, to buff Breton's. What is happening here? I, I, I read this and I was like, surely I read this wrong. Like, Yeah. Increase the spell attunement passive, increase the magic or recovery uh, up to 130 instead of 100. Bretons already have the most insane sustain of any race, period. You know what they, you know what they need a little more of? A little more sustain. You know what? You know what Bretons are really struggling with? They're just not sustaining quite enough. A little bit more. 30 more, 30 more recovery ought to do it. Gosh. <laughs> Oh jeez! Uh, yeah, and and every that. every every Breton vampire in misform rejoices. Yeah, <laughs> God, yeah, just live there, just live in misform, never come out. Uh, um, Dark Elf, the dynamic passive, increase the max magic and stamina to nineteen ten instead of eighteen seventy five. That's really nice. Uh, and then uh, Resist Flame, no longer immune to the burning status effect, but you do have double the flame resistance you had before, 4620 instead of 2310. Uh, High Elves, uh, the Elemental Talent passive now grants weapon and spell damage instead of just spell damage. Um, the spell Recharge passive... Um, Let's see. Reduces the restore on this passive to 625 instead of 640. Very uh, minor nerf there. Uh, and it now works from any ability rather than just class ability. So you get um, a resource return when you use uh, any ability with, with a cooldown. Um, Imperials. Uh, I think Imperials, this is kind of 50% an Imperial... Uh, expansion that we're getting this year and I think the the buff that they're getting here kind of reflects that the red diamond passive no longer restores health magicka and stamina whenever you deal direct damage Uh, but the the flat 3% ability cost reduction across the board is increased to 6% ability cost reduction Um, so that's basically like having battlefield acrobat equipped at all times and this yeah. applies to all abilities. That includes roll dodging and blocking and sprinting and breaking free. Those things count as well. That's yeah. really nice. 
it kind of makes Battlefield Acrobat kind of pretty great on a on yeah. Imperial. A 12% cost reduction to all yeah. those things, plus your active skills as well. Pretty wild. Ultimates. Counts for ultimates. Oof. Yeah. Love pretty that. cool. But, yeah. <laughs> Can't make <laughs> it Imperial. What, are you going to make it Imperial? Yeah, what am I going to make Make something not an order? I mean, come on. <laughs> um... Khajiit, the feline ambush passive, increased the critical damage and healing done from this passive up to 12% instead of 10%. And the Lunar Blessings passive increased the max health, magicka, and stamina up to 915 instead of 825. So a little bit of buffs to Khajiit, which I think is much needed. I don't know if it's enough, but yeah. maybe. Nord, here we go. All right. Davius, you're getting nerfed a little bit here, I think. What's going um, on? To the, to the developer... That listens to me to listens to the podcast. Like you missed, you've you missed us. the you missed that you you missed the boat here. All right, what 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 happened? Um, where, where'd we go wrong? So the result, the resist frost passive. You no longer are immune to the chilled status effect, but like the others, you have double uh, the resistance to frost damage as you did before. Uh, and then the rugged passive reduced the armor granted to 2600 instead of 3960 that seems like a fairly significant nerf right there how are you gonna buff breton and nerf <laughs> nord all right what's going on what's yeah, happening really. here yeah really Nord's, nord is a very strong pvp race i gotta say uh, i don't know if they necessarily they seem well balanced actually uh, yeah. i don't know if they need to be nerfed but that's i guess the developer thought they did need to be killing me killing me yeah I hope I, I to the developer. I hope he gets that fixed next patch update, next patch notes update. We'll get that. Yeah. We'll get that fixed up. Yeah, we still got like six weeks or so. <laughs> uh, orc um, orcs have changed around a little bit. The brawny passive now only gives you one thousand max stamina instead of two thousand. I think honestly, that is a good thing. Orcs are way overpacked with stats compared to basically everyone else. Uh, like yeah. if you're a if you're a stamina uh, build. I feel like it's hard to pass on orc when you when you add up all that you're getting there and compare that to all the other stamina races. It's it's tough to pick anything else. So bringing that down to a thousand, I think makes good sense. Uh, Swift warrior, the passive now grants weapon and spell damage rather than just weapon damage. Kind of cool. Unflinching rage now heals for twenty one twenty five health when you deal damage once every four seconds, uh, rather than six hundred health uh, when you deal damage with a weapon attack once every four seconds so a much bigger heal with a much easier proc condition uh, that's really nice how how are you gonna buff orc and nerf <laughs> what's, what's happening here what are we doing well, hey they got a thousand less stamina okay oh my goodness and that heal is ridiculous now hey, hey, that's hey, crazy they said right here it can no longer crit oh yeah well so there you go balanced mm-hmm 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 as long as they I, still have their mobility, I just choose them for the mobility. Honestly. Well, now they they have a built-in health recovery now, basically. Yeah. Like, all right, we're gonna knock down a thousand stamina, but you know, we'll give them a, a legit health recovery now. Yeah, oh, pretty boy. nice. Um, I mean, twenty-one, twenty-five every four seconds—that's not huge, but it'll be you know stacked on all, if you have other layers of healing going on. That'll be a little something extra for sure. Uh, yeah. Red guard. I don't know. They're they're buffed a little bit. It's still not nearly enough, man. Redguard needs some serious love. <laughs> uh, 
Adrenaline Rush uh, increased the stamina restored from this passive to 1,005, up from 950. Uh, and the passive now procs on any damage done rather than direct damage. And I think, can't remember, the cooldown's like four or five seconds on that. So I don't think it really amounts to a super significant thing. Red Guard is supposed to be, in my mind, they're supposed to be stamina Bretons, right? Like they're the kings yeah. of stamina sustain. And I just don't think that's really the case for them right now. Yeah, they they really should make them more just kind of the opposite of Bretons. Yeah, just like just copy paste the Breton uh, passives and change it, all the words to stamina and we're fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wood Elf, the Hunter's Eye passive, uh, movement speed and armor penetration granted from this passive no longer require you to roll dodge uh, and instead are permanent effects. So you have that extra movement speed and, uh, and penetration at all times, but it's less. You get 5% movement speed instead of 10%. Uh, and the penetration is now 950 instead of 1500. I actually preferred it the old way. I prefer, I'm spamming roll dodge all the time anyway. I would rather have the yeah. the more penetration, the faster movement speed that requires a roll dodge rather than just having less but permanent. So I don't love that change. I have a couple of wood elves that are probably not going to be happy about this, but whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, to, oh, to, sum, to sum up the races, everybody go... And 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 switch to, to Breton and Orc. Oh wait. You guys <laughs> they already, already are. are. You already are Breton and Orcs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everybody switch. Oh, oh yeah, god. That's funny. <laughs> uh, uh oh, one more. The Wood Elf Resist Affliction passive, no longer immune to the poison status effect, but uh, but again, double the resistance to, to poison damage. Now that's all the race stuff, uh, mostly related to that status effect stuff with some other uh, adjustments here and there. Uh, yeah, you're right, man. Orc, <laughs> not nerfed enough. Redguard, not buffed enough. Why yeah. Why a uh, Breton buff at all? Even though it's just 30 recovery. I mean, that's 15 yeah. magic per second. It's nothing, but still unnecessary, period. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I'm a little confused on it. We got time. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Lots of time for things to shake out. Uh, let's see here. In general, uh, crit set bonuses across the board throughout the game have been reduced down to 657 instead of 833. So that's um, 3% versus 3.8%. Um, so any armor set in the game that gives a crit bonus on its two through four piece bonuses that's sta that has been standardized at 833 crit up to this point, it's going to be reduced down to 657. They gave us a heads up on this several months ago, right? Like they yeah, wrote up a big article, crit nerfs are coming, get ready. And they've, there've been a few already. This is just another one. They're just not done, you know, taking crit out of the game quite yet. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, they listed off basically all the sets that get affected. Not necessary for us to read them off. Just every crit set uh, has had that value change. Um, I, I actually like that. You know, when they first talked about it, they kind of said that if you're going to have a crit build, they want people to more focus, focus that into their build and then actually invest in it where people just kind of accidentally ended up with great crit. So I yeah, actually, every medium armor, like, yeah. yeah, as it is right now, every medium armor build has a ton of crit pretty much. Yeah. So I actually like this. I, I think it's, 
once again, it, it allows for more build diversity. I think it's cool that if you're going to have a crit build, then you got to invest into it and, and kind of go down that route. So I, I think it's a good thing in the long run. Yeah, totally. Although it's also further incentive for people to just use Malakath in PvP I know, as well. That's, so. that's the negative. Oof. So we'll see. I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of fingers crossed, hoping that there will be some sort of Malakath ber- uh, uh, nerf <laughs> berth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it sounds like it sounds nerf. like you got hit by a mal someone with Malakath. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping that that what Crimson Twilight Vatishran Destro oh. staff. Honestly, I don't think the Vatishran staff is going to get nerfed. It's too new. I think they're going to yeah. let that fly. But maybe Crimson could get nerfed. Maybe. Crim- yep. Malakath mal- Crimson. Engine Guardian. Ugh. Oh, Engine Guardian. Just delete it. Ugh. Just make the make the little dude untargetable is what we need there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, also, Malakath. I think all that needs to happen with Malakath is just it needs to only apply to your active abilities, no, not proc sets. I think that would fix it right there too. Yeah, I think you're right, and and that would make that would make kind of sense theme wise. Like it's when you get a you get an idea of what it is it's like all right this is like a heavy hard hitting brutal person it yeah shouldn't, it shouldn't apply to these proc sets if you're going to use malakath it should be focused like it's like, like your like character a, should be animating and like yeah like a dk someone. like a two-handed yeah. you know two-hander dk malakath being like that you know yeah i expect at some point in the future that's going to happen. Like they maybe even have it on the calendar uh, at yeah. some point, like where they plan <laughs> on doing that. And you're just letting us have our fun for now. I think that would be the easy thing to do there. Uh, make a lot of people happy. They reworked a few existing armor sets in the game. I'm not going to go through them all, but a couple to note, uh, the adept rider set now permanently grants major gallop at all times, uh, and major expedition at all times when worn, uh, not a big deal, I mean, especially with that new assault passive that gives you major gallop uh, at all times anyway. But I just thought this was worth mentioning because this was such a useless set before. Yeah. What this did before, it gave you major evasion while mounted. And then when you dismount, <laughs> lose the major evasion, but you deal AOE damage at that at that moment. And then, of course, you're in combat, so you can't. it's not like you can remount and do it again. It's just the <laughs> dumbest idea for a set ever. <laughs> And now at least there's like a use for it. Like you don't want to unlock the Alliance War passive to get Gallop. Here's a set that'll give it to you. And it also gives yep. you major expedition. That's cool. And, and they even kind of, I think there was a developer note on this one. They kind of even admitted like, we understand this is not going to be like a, a major use set, but they, they've, they've made this change to kind of have this set in mind is this is kind of like a, a new player, beginner, low level set. Like this is yeah. something to help you get around quicker when you're, I think it's levels. craftable, isn't it? Yeah, I believe it's a craftable set. So go craft you a set of this so you can kind of get around quicker. Yeah, it was just absolutely no use case for it whatsoever previously. And there never had been at any point in that set's life. It was, I remember first time seeing that in the patch notes, just like cracking up laughing. Like, what in the world is this thing? (laughs) What is this thing? Now it at least does have a use for someone out there. Surely it'll get equipped by someone. Yeah, I, I mean, for a low, if you're leveling up a character, I could see a five piece set of this crafted with training, throw it on a character, you know, yeah. low level. I could see that working. And uh, Celine's was changed. I'm actually probably going to end up using this on my Stam DK now because the yeah. one thing that was uh, keeping me from using it has, uh, is gone now. So it no longer has the 15% proc chance. It's now guaranteed to proc. 
I was I I didn't want to use this on my stam DK because her damage is already so incredibly high that I figured by the time that fifteen percent proc chance kicks in, my my target's already dead by that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like it would get wasted a lot of the time. But now guaranteed to proc as soon as I gap close him, basically. Uh, and basically what she does, gap close, fossilize. So they're just going to be sitting there taking that that guaranteed proc. Um, so I'm pretty sure I'm going to be using that now. Uh, they reduced the damage to 11,754 instead of 13,364. Makes total sense now that it, it's a guaranteed proc. Still very strong. Yeah, still very hard hitting. Yeah, I mean... It has, you know, with the increased cooldown and the reduced damage, I still think you take away that proc chance. This is, I mean, Celine is Oh, kinda, yeah, I missed the cooldown. Increase the cooldown to six seconds instead of four seconds. I still think yeah. that I'm going to end up probably using this set on one of my characters as well. I mean, this is a, it's a, it's a really, really strong set. Celine's been kind of making a comeback in BGs, and I think this is only going to kind of lead to, to seeing more of it. Oh, we're going to see a lot of Celine's. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a hard hitting. That's a hard hitting bear right there. Hits really hard, especially if you have good CC where you can make sure someone sits there and takes that hit. Like I honestly, my Stam DK, she's been using Bloodspawn this whole this whole time, but I I don't like Bloodspawn on her because everything else about her build is like all about being as viciously you know damaging as possible. Like everything else that she has is all about cranking up the damage so much and then she has this one defensive monster set which uh, I know you gotta have defense but I think of this build as a build that I <clears throat> I only play in pre-mades with a healer so I don't I'm not worried yeah. about survivability with her I just want I just want maximum damage so I think I'm gonna do that I think she's gonna get yep. Celine's now and that's gonna work well I'm interested to see you know I don't I don't know if it's work but I was uh, I'm very interested on, on a, a stam sort with streak like can you aim your streak where as soon as you streak with use your streak to stun them, can can they get hit with Celines, or is you going to go through them and then your Celines going to hit no one? <laughs> I don't know if that streak counts as melee damage because I think it has a proc off of melee damage. So yeah, I'm, I'm yeah I mean sure. I think that would be a good thing if 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 you can stun them with streaks, turn around, and then as soon as you as soon as you go mm-hmm. into your combo, like I could see Celines being pretty good on on a stam sort. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Or really, just about any stamina character already is great. Um, yeah. I mean, this kind of what that's kind of what this is going to become, right? This is going to be yeah. the stamina monster set, kind of. This seems yeah. like the go-to right now. Totally, it's going to be that. Celestrix still pretty popular. Probably going to continue to be just because it has that stun as well. That's uh, the patch notes for this week of PTS. I mean, there's a lot more than that, of course. We just kind of picked out the juicy bits. Uh, just search for uh, ESO PTS on Google, and you'll see the very first link that comes up if you want to. Uh, see all the details and the discussions in the, on the forums happening around it. It's all there. Um, I think that's all we're going to cover on it right now. But we still have much more Elder Scrolls related stuff to discuss. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and uh, talk about what we've been doing these last few weeks. So hang tight and we'll be right back. Um, Davis, how have the battlegrounds been going here lately, man? You mean the death grounds? The death grounds. Sorry, <laughs> did I say? What did I say? <laughs> um, that is what they've been. They've been. Uh, there's been a lot of death happening in battlegrounds. That is for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I think overall, I don't know. It, 
It's pretty good. I mean, obviously, you know, Battlegrounds are kind of our favorite aspect of the game. Group Battlegrounds still makes up for everything that is just great. Group Battlegrounds, they're back still. They're still great. Still the most fun I have played in the game. Um, Certainly. But the damage is a little high right now. The damage is so high to the point where, yes, group group bgs are fun because that's the only way to have fun i think right now like you gotta have at least a buddy who's watching out yeah. for your back and can toss you a heel in a in a dire moment or something uh, yeah man it's it's intense it's kind of changed from there was those certain names that you got used to and you're like okay watch out for that guy he hits hard and now it's like when you're getting ready for a battleground it's about to start you're like okay Watch out for everybody. They're all going to hit hard. <laughs> Watch out for everyone. And it's, you know, it's exactly what kind of was predicted with all these powerful proc sets uh, being put into the game and the Malakath Band of Brutality. You know, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of no skill required builds out there. Yep. And it's, it sounds like, Okay, well, that's putting like damage. That's giving like low-level players or low-skilled players access to lots of damage, which is true. But it's also exposing them to so much more damage than they were exposed to before, because everyone is running those builds. And so we've talked about it lots of times in past episodes how you enter a battleground and just the environment is against you, right? Before yeah. before any enemies even know you're there, or even start trying to focus you or anything, you're already struggling to stay alive just from the AOE and the procs and all this passive background stuff happening. Yeah. Like just approaching the fight is is challenging. It's kind of it's kind of reminiscent of the of the dot meta, you know. It's worse, I think. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to kind of say, you know, in the dot meta the it got to this point where it was like, god, like I feel like I'm just like for the majority of the the battleground, I'm just trying to survive, yeah. and I think we're right kind of back to that point where it's like I'm just I'm just focusing on trying to stay alive right now rather than even going through anything or even playing. It's just you know before the battle, like you said, before even the battle starts or, or before you even really get up to someone, you've been hit with all this stuff. Yeah, uh, and there are certain builds out there that seem to thrive in it and they can they can soak up that damage and they can dish it right back out but most of them it seem to be wardens you know yeah. <laughs> for the yeah. most part they just have that toolkit and we definitely are seeing so so one thing that i do think is kind of defining of the current i guess we'll say meta is that there is a lot of build diversity. I think probably more build diversity, like more viable builds out there than I've seen in a really long time. That's not to say there aren't certain very popular builds, but I think we're seeing a lot of just very viable builds that like function yep. in different ways. Like there's, you know, perma blockers, uh, gankers have come back in no CP. Like there are some seriously effective gankers that I haven't seen gankers in like high MMR battlegrounds in ages. And I'm seeing them now and they're, doing it they're doing they're getting their ganks we ran into one last night that it was just like oh my yeah (laughs) there that that just happened that guy was pretty great um so i feel like the player base has kind of turned a little bit of a corner in that regard as far as like accepting that this is what the meta is now and if i'm going to play pvp i have to gear my build so that it can be effective in this meta uh, it's it's taken about this long, but I feel like we've reached a point where 
there is some semblance of ba- of balance in battlegrounds. It's just that that balance is at such an extreme, you know, elevation. Yeah, yeah. I you know, I, as you were summing it up earlier, I think that's kind of the part that's stood out to me is that I think their idea with this damage increase was like, okay, let's give these less experienced players a chance in these battlegrounds against some of these really great players. Well, you know, really great players are are really great players. And so now, yes, these less experienced players, they're, they can kill the great players. But these really great players now, you're seeing like 32 kills. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, yeah, I guess the less experienced players are maybe having some fun because they're getting more kills. But those same players that, you know, may have been going like one and four are now going like, seven and 14 <laughs> yeah so i don't know if it's really better for them i mean the great player like you said everybody's getting the damage so the great players are are still great they just they, they and, you know and they're able to exploit that damage to yeah. to a greater extent so it's interesting like i said there's a there's a lot of build variety right now but there is a particular very popular build i think I think people would describe it as would would say that this is the meta right now, but I think that that's a misuse of the term meta. So meta is an acronym. In this context, it's an acronym that that stands for uh, the most effective tools available. Um, and I don't know if this build is that exactly, but it is a very effective build, and it's a very easy build to play. And for that reason, it's it's really really popular, and it's a. Uh, you already know what I'm going to say. It's Crimson yep. Twilight. Yep. It's the Vatishran Destro Staff. It's either Grothdar or Zahn monster set. Yep. And the Malakath Band of Brutality. And it doesn't is. matter what class, but if you can put it on a Warden, even better. <laughs> yep. Um, but really, any class. I've seen a lot of Dragon Knights uh, have a lot of success. Honestly, it doesn't matter. Uh, build is everywhere. It, it is a successful build. Like I said, I don't know if it technically is the most effective build available in the game. Uh, you know, no one can ever really know if that's the case. Yeah. Uh, but it's a very popular build. Um, so for that reason, I've been kind of gravitating towards characters and towards setups that are really good at countering that specific build. So the, the characters that I've been playing with this week are, are mostly about that. Uh, they, they, I've, and it's not really a conscious decision that I've, that I've decided these are going to be my good characters this patch. At first I was just kind of cycling through all my characters, just playing with everyone all the time. Uh, and then eventually I just kind of, notice like well i'm just having better success with these characters and so i just naturally start gravitating towards those and those are the ones that i kind of stick with um so uh case in point exhibit a um bobby bobango my stamina necromancer bow build aka the bow crow um <laughs> this dude has really surprised me this patch I hadn't played with him for a while at first. I was just interested in other characters and, and getting other builds together. And it's probably about three weeks ago. I logged in with this guy just to see how he's doing this patch. And it turns out he's doing really, really well this patch. Uh, and it's it's been three weeks now. And when I'm playing solo, this is the only character that I want to play with right now. Um, he <laughs> he's just doing makes just it, fine. <laughs> he's doing great. And what's funny is I haven't... I haven't touched the build. I haven't changed the build at all uh, since Greymore, 
I haven't changed a glyph, a moon to stone, nothing. It's exactly identical to the to the build video I made on YouTube however long ago. Um, so it's been fun, and I guess it shouldn't be surprising that he's been so successful because he's he's an absolute perfect counter to these Crimson Twilight uh, Vatishran builds that that I was just mentioning. Uh, he's uh, he's a stamina build. He's a he's a ranged stamina build. Every bit of his offense can be launched from full long range. Uh, he's a wood elf with a bow, medium armor, two swift pieces, four well fitted. So he's at seven medium, you know, so he's incredibly fast. He has no problem maintaining that distance and staying far away. So these crimson builds, they can't get close enough for their, for their crimson twilight to hit, for their Vatishran, for their Zahn, Grothdar. None of that can get close enough to hit this guy. And if they gap close him and get on top of him, for one, he's he's surprisingly survivable for, for the type of build he is. He doesn't just die right away. Uh, and he can stay alive long enough to break away and create that distance again and just launch right back into his offense. Yep. And it is a significant amount of damage. I guess I should say what the build is. It's five pieces, sheer venom, five pieces, poisonous serpent, and the black rose prison bow. Uh, I have a two-hander on the back bar just for buffs and heals. Right now it's a potentate's uh two-hander i think i want to get a vatishran two-hander back there just to get those stacks of weapon damage and just keep those stacks mm-hmm. um but that's the build right now sheer venom poisonous serpent black rose prison bow on the front bar um it's lethal it's a it's, lot on you it's so lethal and the bow is infused <clears throat> with a poison damage glyph um uh, which I've, I've talked about in previous episodes infused damage dealing glyphs in no cp are so so powerful it is an extreme amount of damage from uh really long range and he's so speedy and it's a it's a type of build that's really uncommon people are not used to coming across this type of spec and so they're not used to countering his combo like the way that he delivers it um and everything like that um so it's just I found it to be extremely effective. Usually in those kinds of fights against those like Crimson Twilight builds, like in a one v one situation, it usually I either kill them or they run away. Those are the <laughs> those are the two like nine times out of the ten, it's one of those two outcomes because they seriously just stand no chance. It's a it's a rock beats scissors situation. Um, so I've really been enjoying that build quite a bit. Uh, Bobby Bobango, my stamina necromancer, I would say by far my best like solo queue character that I have right now, just because of that speed and that range and the fact that the, the damage is so extreme and people are not expecting it. They're not seeing it coming at all. So It's been a lot of fun. Uh, on the topic of necromancers, Davius, I know you've been playing with your Magicka necromancer, the never-ending yes. Nord, which I've been enjoying quite a bit. <laughs> so um, speaking of characters that just kind of, you know, rise rise to the top based on the current state of Battlegrounds right now, uh-huh. uh, never-ending Nord is my character of that. And uh, probably my favorite thing about this character might just be how well he suits his name. Uh, <laughs> this dude does not know how to die. <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, kind of a, a sub goal of this character is that after a battleground, I want people to kind of be like, God, that guy was never ending. <laughs> and I think that's happening right now. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, so just to kind of go over the build, um, it is uh, five piece beekeepers, uh, two piece troll king, and then five piece uh, winter's respite. Um, and I've talked about this build in the past, but man, has this kind of been, you know, you're talking about builds that at you, what the current state of battlegrounds kind of determines which one of our characters kind of works best. And this guy, this guy's my, my high MMR character. Oh, yeah. Um, he, his numbers are never crazy. You know, at the end of a match, it's always a little misleading because his numbers never really get crazy. I guess the last couple times that we've played, they're, they're a little ridiculous considering some of the, the caveats to it. But um, he, you know, the, the amount of health recovery that this guy has is just crazy. And people just unload their combo into him. Uh, just to kind of give that number, so when everything's working and you know the the troll kings kicked in uh, in no CP, he has uh, three thousand four hundred and fourteen health recovery. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> and health recovery isn't affected by battle spirit, right? right? So like you just have that health recovery. I just straight have up. it. Yeah. Just have it. Uh, and Did so, you already say what the build was? Yes. Oh, so okay. the, yeah. So the five piece beekeepers, two piece troll kings, five piece winter's respite. Got it. Uh, and a big part of that health recovery. That's not counting the winter's respite heal circle that goes on the ground. Yeah. Uh, which is you know that's a twenty three hundred heal every second on top of that health recovery. Really, the strategy with this guy is he is a support build, but it's just to completely sap the resources from the enemies. Uh, yeah. They come, come in on me. They go through their combos. They burn through their resources. And he just lives through it while he's healing the teammates up. And then it's just kind of let the teammates feast after they've just unloaded everything <laughs> they have into him. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, necromancers are particularly good at that, I think. Yeah. And, you know, I'm talking about this health recovery and the support and the healing he does. And, you know, he, the, he's he got the, uh, uh, the spirit mender to help with those heals, you know. Uh, on, at the same time, he's doing a crazy amount of just CC and just terrorizing the opponents while it's all happening. You know, he's uh, got a charge frost staff. Uh, he's using the remote totem. Um, he's just, I mean, he's just making life miserable for opponents as they are dealing with all that. They're throwing all their resources into him. He's just surviving and that it, it's almost, it's it's fun for me, probably not for others. It's almost fun to get to this moment where it's like, you can just see at this point where players are just like, oh God, I just give up at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just done dealing with it. And then it's like, that's when your teammates can go in uh, and it works really well. It's I, Yeah, it's, I, I really love grabbing like one of my really high damage characters and running alongside this guy. Because that very reason, like... It's a, he's a really strong healer, and uh, so you can just keep me alive while I'm focusing people down. And then once people realize you're the healer and they start trying to focus you, they can't kill you. Uh, <laughs> and and they're no longer focusing me, so I can just burn them down super fast. It's like they can't – there's no good decision for them to make in that situation. It, yeah. it works so well. Yeah, and, it, and, and it, he's got so many just fail-safes, you know. As I said, the Troll Kings, when that kicks in, that makes his health recovery go through the roof. Uh, and if you do reach those moments where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm actually about to die. I, I have the Goliath more Guess thons. what, baby? Goliath. Yep. <laughs> go straight to Goliath and it's like, all right, here we go. We're good. Don't worry about it. So mm-hmm. uh, he's he's been a lot of, of fun in Battlegrounds lately and probably just my best character. Just, um, you know, his damage numbers always surprise me because he's always just kind of, 
you know, throwing a, a Blast Bones out there when he goes into Goliath. You know, I have the AoE morph, so that actually does quite a bit of damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I never even really try to do damage with him, but it's it's enough damage to kind of help out the team. You know, he's not going to really get a, a whole bunch of kills. He'll, usually all the kills are kind of accidental. But it's enough to where you're kind of just helping your teammates. Um, but, you know, just he's just a great support character. You know, we kind of talked about this Um Magcrow right now is kind of the that's the it's the best support out there right now for top tier support are. for battlegrounds yeah i think so um yeah we were talking about that before because we have other supports that are more like healers pure healers mm-hmm. and they're much more powerful healers than our necromancers are yep but our necromancers are no question far superior supports like i would yeah. take the ne- i would take the necro over any of my other healers any day Exactly. Um, and it's because of all their crowd control tools, mostly, uh, I think is the main thing. Yeah. Um, is that, did you have any more to say about never? No, no, no. I, I mean, so speaking, speaking of mag pros, uh, <laughs> let's just keep talking about necromancers. Yeah. Uh, let's just stay on necromancer. <laughs> so I've the, the, one of the other builds that I've been spending a lot of time with is also my magic and necromancer whom I've named despair. She's an Argonian. Um, her build has evolved a bit since the last time I talked about her. Um, so it was five pieces Ice Furnace, five pieces Savara Scales, uh, two pieces Mighty Chudan. It's a light armor build. Um, so the new version of the build still have Ice Furnace, still have Savara Scales. I've put uh, a Maelstrom Arena Resto Staff on my back bar. And Davis, you gave me this idea on the last episode you were talking about this weapon and how you were farming it for a new character (laughs) i went out and farmed it and got it the next day yeah and here we are it's been i think three weeks or so since that episode and (sighs) i don't uh, i don't have i don't quite have mine uh i don't quite have mine yet thanks for the idea though yeah oh yeah i I love to hear how well it's working i love it love that it's working let me tell you it's pretty nice (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay. Um, so, Maelstrom Arena Resto Staff, whenever you critically strike with uh, regeneration, I'm using radiating regen, whenever that crits, you restore 500 magicka. Um, so, a really, really strong uh, sustain tool. Uh, and so, that means Savara Scales is only complete on the front bar, um, which is actually perfect. It works perfectly as a front bar only set. I really like it that way. Um, and then um, I've replaced Mighty Chudan. I know Gasp, right? Uh, <laughs> what? But, uh, I wanted, I don't know. I feel like I wanted just more like sense of chaos out of this build. And I wanted more damage out of this build as well. And she, she doesn't have high spell damage at all. So the best way to get more damage is to add uh, a damage monster set. Um, so I replaced Mighty Chudan with Celestrix. And this was a super good move. Celestrix is exactly perfect for this build. It goes really nicely with Ice Furnace and Savara because they are all three AOE procs and they all three proc at the enemy's location rather than at my location. So I can keep good positioning and not worry about having to get right up in someone's face and they're still taking everything that I have to throw at them. So I really like that. Uh, Plus Celestrix, you know, it pops up that circle uh, and, any, and anyone, as long as they're not on a CC immunity, anyone that it hits, it stuns them. So it's, it goes perfectly into my idea of this character and, and, and your mag crow too, Davis, of just 
creating this piece of ground that's just hostile to any enemies yep. that enter the area. It's just, it fits perfectly into that whole concept of the build. So I really, really like that. Yeah. Um, that your, your changes to this build, you know, as you said, it's kind of become more, it's kind of morphed to, to be more damage focused. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's really kind of created a fun combo when we run both macros. Oh man, um, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's troll deluxe, man. Yeah, I mean, it really we it, very difficult to take us down. You're dealing the damage. I'm getting the support. Uh, it's it's been a pretty that's that's a fun combo. And we both of. have extreme amounts of crowd control yes. and minions running around and. Yeah, uh, it's it's kind of funny when we run those two builds. We haven't done it a whole lot, but when we do, almost every time in the in the battleground, we get to a point. We reach a point where it's like, all oh, right, this is the point where the other teams are avoiding us. Yep, they're just <laughs> yeah, they don't want to play with us anymore. <laughs> they don't want to deal with us, and so they're just yeah. their new goal is just to avoid us. Yeah. So yeah, all the crowd control with like Celestrix and I'm using uh, Wall of Frost and the Remote Totem and the, my Frost Staff is charged, so I'm immobilizing people constantly. Just all of that working together just makes it really difficult for enemies to even come anywhere near. Plus all the AOE damage as well. With Celestrix in the mix now, it's like an average of like 12k DPS that I'm just I'm just surrounded by this cloud of. 12k dps that everyone just automatically has to deal with on top of the crowd control every time they come close um but it's for that reason it's a it's a really good support build i'll, I'll talk more about that here in just a second uh, i have a lot to say about these builds just because it's been so long since we recorded the last episode yeah. I, I i've just I've been chewing on a lot here. <laughs> so I had to get rid of Mighty Chudan, or I didn't have to, but I did, which means that um, I do have to slot my armor buff now. Uh, and I know just a couple of episodes ago, I went on a little bit of a tirade about how uh, armor buffs are boring. No one likes using them. And I think I do still feel that way in general. But if the armor buff gives me something extra that's useful or interesting or fun, then then fine, I'll use it. Uh, so I've been using the uh, the beckoning armor morph, the one where uh, <clears throat> when ranged attackers hit me, it pulls them in. Uh, I super hate being on the receiving end <laughs> of, of this ability. It like seriously <laughs> like angers me every time it happens. So I've I've kind of been reluctant to use it for that reason, but it's too perfect man i think i've been twisted by the dark side with this thing it's just with all the aoe and the crowd control and stuff that i have going on this is really the only answer that i have to ranged attackers necromancers are slow there i have no access to any kind of gap closer other than this so if someone from range is focusing me and i'm caught out in the open this is this is all i have and it's actually perfect it pulls them it pulls them into where i'm at where i where I have the upper hand. And even though that, that pull in gives them CC immunity, it gives them hard CC immunity. They can still get stuck in my wall of frost and they often do. And by the time they figure out what's going on, they've already taken so much damage from all of my procs and from my allies focusing them. They often don't escape. Uh, and even if they do, they're going to think twice about focusing me again next time. Cause that was a, a harrowing experience for them. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, and that's working out really well. And Davis, kind of like you were getting to a minute ago, it's getting to a point where it's hard to call this build a healer. You know, yeah. like I've always thought of this build as a healer, and she absolutely is a support, 
no question. And she has really good heels, no question. But we've been talking about this quite a bit, that really strong heels in Battlegrounds right now only really takes you so far. Uh, and I, I've kind of been thinking of it like um, like veteran PvE. Like if you're in a, at a trial boss fight that has one-shot mechanics and your DPS gets hit with a one-shot mechanic, you know, your 20k Breath of Life isn't going to help them out in that situation. Yeah. Right? It's a similar situation in Battlegrounds right now uh, where damage is so high, especially in pre-mades where people are on comms and they're focusing targets. I mean, people die in the blink of an eye. It doesn't matter how much heals you have in those situations. You're not going to be able to out-heal that in such a short amount of time. So really what's almost even more important than heals, I mean, you do need to have heals, but what's maybe even more important than heals right now is what I refer to as enemy suppression. Uh, and that's kind of what we've all been talking about and really what the the magic and necromancer specialty is, is just making life miserable for your enemies, making it hard for them to control their characters, making them like draining their resources uh, and just making it difficult for them to do the things that they need to do. Uh, so with all this crowd control and all this, just this cloud of damage that they're constantly having to heal up from, like they're they're having a hard time focusing anyone, and even when they do focus someone, they're they're still being affected by that stuff even then. Um, so, you know, even though this character has maybe half as many heals as say my Magicka Warden, she's yep. ten she's ten times the support because my heals are actually able to do something. I'm giving my enemies these moments of opportunity where they can actually catch a heal and uh, and you know and save themselves and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, the Magic and Necromancer is the way to go. I think it's awesome. The Remote Totem and Wall of Frost combined is just such an awesome tool together. Uh, such such awesome tools when, when combined together. Uh, and then I'm really liking this build. Five pieces, Ice Furnace, Savara Scales, Maelstrom Arena, Restosaf on the back bar, two pieces, Celestrix. Yep. Um, what other important abilities? I'm using the Blast Bones, the Skeletal Arcanist, uh, Intensive Mender, not yeah. optional that's the mvp ability yeah. that specific morph the intensive mender yep that's what uh, i used to so strong uh of course you got to have radiating regen um and you got to have uh race against time because it's a magicka build so that's mandatory but anyway been having yeah. a lot of fun with that yeah and kind of you know as you said right now and and we we do this anytime we want to or anytime we have kind of a rough couple battlegrounds, you know, we talk, you know, one of us is going to go grab the macro. Right. Yep. <laughs> We're going to go grab a character with the macro, either one of our macro, that's going to be the support. If one either of us one of us. Yeah, if either one of us grabs our mag crow, we're going to have an easier time. <laughs> it's just going to feel Absolutely. better. Absolutely. And this is the one character I have that, seriously, my only character, and it's a light armor technically a pretty squishy build but i feel so confident in this character just sauntering right up into the middle of a battleground like standing right on top of a flag and just saying come and get me you know like yeah i really like that feeling on this character. It, it, yeah it works and it works yeah um so speaking of macros and uh uh as you really just kind of what you were saying um you know my my main david star jumper he's a a magicka templar full heal focused deals uh -huh. zero damage only heals so wait, um, speaking of mag crows, you're a magplar. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say bad crow? Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just what Davius wishes he was right uh, now. Yeah. <laughs> Look how much fun uh, those mad crows are having. Yeah. Uh, so my bad plar. Speaking of so, uh, speaking of healers, I think is what you meant. There right? we go. Yeah. There we go. Uh, but really, just kind of what we've been saying, uh, I really kind of had to take a look at Davius and think, all right, the state of Battlegrounds right now, you can't just heal. If Where Davius used to be, you know, he used to just be fully dedicated to healing, and it just wasn't quite working out. I noticed that, uh, you know, his heals were getting overpowered, he was getting overpowered, he was kind of losing tankiness. And so I kind of had to go back to the drawing board, uh, and as we've joked... He's not he's not what my uh, what my macro support is right now, but I wanted to at least get him to where uh, he's he's competitive in in matches, and I think I've got him there. Uh, the biggest thing was, as we said with the macros, you can't just heal anymore. You need something else, and so what I did to kind of get that is he doesn't have the CC that the macro has, um, but I put spell power cure on him uh, just to kind of give the team you know a team buff with. With the uh, with the buff that um, the spell power cure uh, buff that it gives the uh, what's the name of that called uh, um, courage My, yes. major courage with major courage getting the buff that it recently got you know uh, giving your team your entire team four hundred and thirty weapon and spell damage uh, that's a big part you know uh, he's given a pretty massive damage buff to the team. Um, and then the the other change that I did is I actually threw the uh, the Vatistran Resto staff on his back bar uh, oh, to get that. I thought you were going to say Destro there for a minute. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, everybody <laughs> calm down. Uh, the Vatistran Resto staff, which you really, I don't think you see this one as much. The, the animation for it's a little bit harder to see. And, and we've all seen that Destro staff animation so much that this one's probably been uh, wiped from our minds. But... Uh, it's really just kind of the uh, uh, opposite of the Destro Staff. Really what this one does is that you throw a beam on somebody and then you're just giving you and your teammates a lot of sustain. And so really I kind of just throw that that, uh, that beam on an enemy, give my teammates sustain, give them more weapon damage while I'm hitting them with really strong heals. Uh, and so that's kind of made davis where he he is more effective now and i'm seeing better use in battlegrounds with him um that's good and uh, and, and those your that spell power cure applies to you which pumps up yeah, your heals as well exactly i get the buff as well so then my heals get a a, a really big buff um, i really like playing with davis uh along with my magic award and lola i think they're both kind of in a similar boat where ben Back in their day, you know, they were... <laughs> yeah. Back in the day, they were the kings. Uh, they were great. Uh, and, and this current meta, without making some serious changes to to the build, and uh, they they just can't compete with our, our macros right now. But when we combine them together, they actually make a really good pair. They're both super strong healers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, their, their combined toolkit works really well. D- Lola actually deals a bit of damage, has a... A moderately decent amount of firepower and with your now wearing spell power cure to add on top of that it's actually a pretty good amount of yeah. firepower uh with the heals uh, and everything and we're like cleansing each other back and forth and yep. stuff because i'm wearing a yep. uh, curse eater one of my sets 
Yeah. Um, it's a it's a good pair. Like double yeah. healers usually going to work pretty well as much as we say like straight healing doesn't work as good right now if you have two really strong healers yeah. okay fine it'll work it might work yeah, there <laughs> you go case. and and that's yeah. that's the thing with davis like i said he you know macro is kind of where it's at with support but i i've been really excited with his results just because uh you know i kind of had to adapt and change him where he he has really strong heals now but he's also giving so, he's doing something else you can't just be a heal focused uh, character and, and he yeah. you know he's the definition of that he did zero damage only heal focus so now with these buffs that he's giving to the team uh he is i've seen a, he, he's been doing really well uh I, the other big change that i made to him that has been i mean it's been massive for him and it, it hurts me a little bit to say is that i actually took off the templar healing ultimate uh yeah which is my favorite skill in the game I was surprised uh, when that happened. Uh, it was painful to do, and I've thrown on the Resto Staff Ultimate. So, you know, I've talked about this build in the past. I'll, I'll go over the, the the item sets just to kind of as a reminder. It's, uh, well, now with the change, it's five-piece Cold Harbor, uh, Cold Harbor's favorite, five-piece Spell Power Cure, and then the Pearls of El Nefe, and then, as I said, the Vatistran Resto on the back bar. Yeah. The Pearls of El Nefe, as I've said in the past, it is the ultimate, ultimate generator. <laughs> yeah. Um, and how often I'm getting, you know, how often I'm getting that Resto Staff Ultimate. I mean, that thing, it works out so much better than the, I keep wanting to call it the, the Templar Ultimate. As I said, it's my favorite skill in the game, and now I'm blanking on the name. <laughs> of it. But uh, it's, I keep wanting to call it the Ritual, and it's not the Ritual, but... The, is it remembrance or yes thank you so remembrance anybody that uses it knows that it, it locks you in place and i use the four second more so it, i'm not locked in place as long but in the battlegrounds right now locking yourself in place for four seconds is just suicide and it as strong just, as that ultimate is you it's still not strong enough to heal the damage it's not and it got yeah. nerfed you know it used to give you major you know the major protection nerf really hurt that ability it used to give yeah. you 30 percent damage reduction now that's only 10 percent damage reduction yeah. that's big. uh and so you're it's just i anytime i was doing that ability which is you know that the it's healing, also just a clear target on your back oh that yeah. guy's the healer yeah there and, he is and healing yeah. ult is what davis is all about and so yeah. Doing that ability was just getting my. It was just instantly leading to me getting killed, and so throwing that restoration staff ultimate on there, casting it all the time, still being move. You know, I can move around as it's going and still do other heals. Uh, yeah, massive not, change. And it's Davis. not an obvious animation. It's an instant cast that you can animation cancel it. So like, you're not advertising like, hey healer here. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and and with you know with the pearls of Elnafe and Davis being Nord and how quickly he generates the ultimate, you know we were doing a battleground. And I was kind of doing testing to see how quickly I did it, and it's it, I think we it was like every fourteen seconds I'm casting it. Uh, yeah, and I and it lasts. Yeah, we for were five in that seconds. BG, and you were like call it out every time you were casting <laughs> yep. it. That was like cracking up laughing like because yeah. I was like you just casted it. You were like casting it when we weren't even taking damage. Just. Why not? I'm going to yeah, have it again yeah, yeah. here in just a I'm second. I'm going to have it here in a second. I might yeah. as well do it. That's what Davey's all about. <laughs> uh, and we, I mean, I think it was like, it was about 14, it was like around 14 seconds that I was getting it. And it's got a five second uptime. So you're see about, there's about a nine second downtime that I don't have the Resto Staff Ultimate going. And anybody that's 
familiar with that ability knows how strong a heal that is. Uh, and so I've actually had a lot of phone days. He's he's actually effective again. He's given the team buffs. His heals are as strong as ever. Um, so he's been he's been a lot of fun lately. Nice man. Um, we had to get him together with my Magicka Dragon Knight. Uh, this is the the one other character that I've been spending a lot of time with. This is the last one I'm going to talk about today. I know Davius, you have one more build, but this is my last one. And she's a little different from the others. So she's my Magicka Dragonite in Breton. Her name is Misato Katsuragi. Any fans of the anime series Neon Genesis Evangelion, you'll recognize that name. But um, this build is different from the others that I've talked about today because those builds are all about countering the current meta uh, and and making it difficult for people that are using those specific types of builds, Crimson Twilight and all of that. It's kind of all geared towards that. Whereas this build here is more about kind of going toe to toe with those builds and meeting the meta on its own terms while still not using those sets specifically though. Yeah. Um, so uh, it, and it's also cool because it's a, just a, I think like a natural evolution of what the previous build uh, was. And I have the old build on YouTube, but it's, I wouldn't recommend it now, but the old build was five pieces, overwhelming surge, five pieces, elf bane, two pieces, Grothadar was a great build build in its day. Um, so now I'm still using overwhelming surge. I'm still using Grothadar. Those are my seven body pieces. Uh, I have another Maelstrom Resto Staff on the back bar. <laughs> Sorry, Davis. <laughs> you got to love that reconstruction system. And actually, you reminded oh, yeah. me because oh, I yep. was talking about, I was like, ah, I'm going to have to go grind for another one now. And you're like, no, dude, just spend 25 transmute crystals and make yep. a new one. I'm like, oh, yeah. So simple. As I was so making simple. it, I was like, Davis hasn't even gotten one yet. Now I have two and two different characters. <laughs> So um, Maelstrom Resto in the back bar uh, to get that extra sustain. Front bar, Black Rose Prison, Inferno Staff. Uh, and that's the one where whenever you use Pulsar, the uh, Destro Staff AoE spammable ability, anyone that you hit with that ability gets a really strong elemental dot placed on them. Uh, and it's perfect because Pulsar blasts in this like circular AoE area that's uh, centered around your character just like Overwhelming Surge, just like Grothar. They all three just kind of stack right on top of each other. It's perfect. Um, so, and then uh, on the jewelry, it's two pieces trainee and the Malakath Band of Brutality. Uh, and that's that's the magic ingredient right there. If you can get a build with three procs and Malakath, you, you win most of the time. <laughs> um, this character's damage... I when you play with this character and play with it, every battleground, I'm still, I'm always, that's the first thing I do at the end of the match. Doesn't even matter. I'm like, all right, I want to see what, how much damage Misato did. Because one million damage for this character is like, it's, low. it's like a bad match. Yeah. Yeah. If this character doesn't drop two million damage in a battleground now, I'm like, hey, uh, Kat, what what happened there? What, yeah. What, uh, Were you even trying? <laughs> you didn't uh, hit two million damage. Like, what was going on yeah. there? It's uh, because of all the AOE and she's, I mean, this is a character that I like to play along, like, in pre-maids, like, with a support by my side, which she's she's survivable enough to play solo. I have a good time with her solo, but she really shines when there's support. 
Uh, and in this current meta, it's so much fun, man. You get in those matches, the really sweaty ones where everyone's just in this big, nasty dog pile. Like, Misato can't wait to get in there, man. Like, that's just, that's where she feels right <laughs> at home. As long as there's a healer to, to be watched out, um, it, it's really good. If um, I, I, I have to give the statement that, uh, you know, me, me and Kat will be the first to admit we are not the best ESO players out there. There's, there are several players uh, that are much better. Certainly. And if you ever want to know if me and Ket are doing our best to flex, I'm on Never End Ignored, Ket's on Misato. That's yeah. that's a sign the battlegrounds have not been going great for us that night, and we there's a little anger there, and we are going into matches we are, all we're out trying, at that point. We are trying our best right at that moment. <laughs> if we're uh, on those two characters, things have gotten serious. Davius is on his Mag Crow healer. I'm on my Mag DK. Yeah, we're... We're going for sweaty, uh, for, for sure. <laughs> and they they do pair very well, if I do say so. Yes, yeah. All the combined, they have a lot of AoE damage, and uh, they both have a lot of CC. Misato has a lot of CC uh, as yeah. well. Uh, and I guess that brings me to another thing I want to talk about with this character, which is the Burning Talons ability. Man, I have been sleeping on Burning <laughs> Talons, man. <laughs> Uh, for too long. My, so my reasoning has always been you read Burning Talons and basically it just immobilizes enemies. It deals a little bit of damage, but really the main thing is it immobilizes. And Fossilize, it stuns and immobilizes enemies. So my reasoning was like, why do I need both? I'll just use Fossilize, which is perfectly valid reason r- reasoning. You know, you only have so much bar space. That's a perfectly good reason to not use Burning Talons. But if you can make room for talons and use talons and fossilize together, man, it's it's rewarding. It's rewarding to you, punishing to, to other people. <laughs> so it's it's this it to me. It's become this game of tricking enemies into making a mistake uh, and then punishing punishing them for it severely. Um, and so what I do is you don't want to use fossilize and talons at the same time. That would be pointless. It doesn't do anything beneficial really to use them both. Um, so what I will do is I'll, I'll usually gap close to my target or into a whole group of enemies um, and then talons them all down and then blast them with my pulsar. So they all have all three of my procs on them now and they're and they're standing in my talons. Uh there is, I would say, almost a 100% chance that at least one or two of those players are going to roll dodge out of your talons. Uh, and that's when you immediately fossilize one of them uh, and then lay into them with your uh, with your whip. So they just got done spending stamina dodging out of your talons. Now they're going to have to spend even more stamina to break out of your fossilize. And depending on how long that takes, they may still be immobilized by fossilize even after they break out Uh, and even if they have plenty of stamina at this point they've already been standing in your procs for at least three seconds and that's way too long to be cc'd not defending yourself taking continuous damage from this build you know it's already too late at that point like it's just a little light attack weave and and they're toast or if you're trying to take out multiple people at once just keep spamming pulsar until they're all dead um it's very effective very very effective uh, and super punishing and fun like and you just yeah. see it just seeing it happen every time like you you trick them into making that mistake every single time and just when it works which it almost always works it's it's 
rewarding and really fun. <laughs> That's what I was, I was just gonna say. I don't think I don't think I can remember the last time I've seen a combo bring you so much joy. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like it's such a minds game. And I, I mentioned this. We were doing some pre-mades last night, and I, I mentioned this to you guys that playing with this character has made me better at utilizing CC on other characters yeah. and like understanding the difference between soft CC and hard CC and how to interplay between them and stuff. Uh, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a whole lot of fun. Yeah. When Masato's in the match, watch out. That is some crazy damage. Yeah. Um, on the topic of Dragon Knights, Davis, your last character today. Looks like you want to talk about Lord of Nords, your stamina Dragon Knight. What's the deal with this dude, man? Old old Lord of Nords. Uh, he is he's my character that is kind of going against the grain with Battlegrounds right now. He's kind of hanging on to, to the old style of... This dude just hits hard. He, he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have proc sets, doesn't, uh, doesn't really do anything. He just is wants just, to dizzy. He just wants to dizzy, and even more so than that, he just wants to leap. The mm-hmm. dude mm-hmm. is a leaper. Uh, uh, just we were remind- talking the other day. Sorry to interrupt. I just, no. I love that watching him go through the animation sequence of heavy <laughs> attack, dizzy swing, leap, execute, just watching <laughs> those things light up together is, with this big hulking man. It's a, yeah. it's he, he is a nerd. I have, I, I'm all about it. I love his look. His look is very much aggressive. He's as big as he possibly could be. He's got this look of armor where he is just, he is aggressive. He is in your face. If uh, WWE wrestling existed <laughs> in Tamriel, he would be one of those. He's in the ring. Yeah. He is in the ring. Uh, just a quick kind of overview of the build. It's two-piece Bloodspawn, uh, five-piece Champion of the Hist. Um, and then on the uh, front bar, it is the Great Sword of the Potentate, so two-hander of Potentates. And then the back bar, kind of a recent change, just get a little more damage, is the Maelstrom Great Sword. Ah. Um, he and there's the magic sauce Malcast Band of Brutality there it is <laughs> <laughs> there it is uh, so the biggest thing with this character is all those sets he's a Nord uh, the trait on both weapons is decisive and they recently buffed that now where it's a 55% chance to gain one ultimate whenever you gain ultimate uh huh this and uh, I have the take flight ability with potentates to reduce uh, the cost of the ultimate. So his leap is about 91 ultimate. And as you said, I can pretty much get it almost every rotation. I would say it's about one, one and a half rotations. He's getting the leap. Yeah. Uh, and so he really, it's just all about, you know, he'll get a couple dizzy swings in there. It's, it's a fun build just because it's, it's very simple. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's dizzy swing, as you said, dizzy swing, leap, execute. And it's just kind of in that order. Uh, I've recently made some kind of slight changes where I actually got fossilized on the bar. Uh, so that's kind of a nice little uh, a nice little addition to kind of lock them in place if I, if I need a little bit more to finish them off. But um, uh, he, he is a lot of fun right now. You know, you, you always make fun of me as we're playing because at the start of in a battleground you know you're just kind of you're going from fights to fights and thing like that 
He is making his presence known. He's leaping right into yeah. every single fight. I love it when we're like walking up on a skirmish and like, all right, guys, here we go. Get ready. And then, oh, there goes. <laughs> there goes old Lord of North. I was, I was about to prepare like a, a pep talk here and he already just leaped right into the middle of everyone and he's already de-swinging his heart out over there. He he uh, is fun. If you if you like builds, that I mean, really the most fun with him is that you just, when he hits, you just feel the weight of his hits you know two-handed abilities kind of have that feel but with this guy and the leap and the malkath band i mean he 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 can melt through people he's a brawler for man sure. he yes he is he is exactly how i kind of see stamina dragonites he that's kind of he is made to exactly what i think of a, of a stamina dragonite when yeah. i made him um so he he's a lot of fun uh just hits real hard and those executes man he after his leap is kind of does so much damage with the Malakath ban that I I actually cast the executioner ability more than I cast the dizzy swing ability because yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. they just he just gets him in that range and then he just kind of just starts executing as he goes through a group and so uh, this has been my favorite character to run when you go grab a support build and, and I just need kind of a heavy hitter this has been my favorite one to grab here lately yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I, I like just how you have the character model, the, just the way he looks. And <laughs> yeah, it's always a fun time. And this are kind of like, I don't know, I feel like we get into a certain headspace whenever Lord of Norge is around. We get a little more rowdy, you know. A little rowdy. You think get a little crazier, you know, we get a little more brave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So that's that's the main bells we've been playing with uh, lately. Anything else that uh, you want to talk about that's been going on? We do have to talk about something here. <laughs> we've got to we've got to mention this. So I've always mentioned I have had some slight issues with the Maelstrom Arena grind for the precise regeneration resto staff. Uh-huh. Uh anybody who is on the the wonderful uh scroll and podcast discord has gotten to uh see firsthand my woes. Uh I am on <clears throat> run number 23 without a single resto staff drop. Ugh. I think it's 25. I think it took yep, me five yep. runs. <laughs> oh, I remember I remember exactly how many it took you. <laughs> I remember the day, the time, where I was. Uh, it's so uh, sad too because you you get one, and that's the whole collection of that set technically. So it's just twenty five transmutes to just pump out another one and another one and another one. Twenty three runs. Uh, uh, twenty three. I I have six lightning staffs. Uh, six lightning staffs, not a single rest of staff. I've got lightning staff. I have every other weapon in multiples. Uh, which would make sense after 23 runs. Right, you would uh, I can craft almost any Maelstrom Arena weapon. Uh, I've unlocked all different kinds of them, the different model. You know, if, if, if the sword and shield, you know, dagger, sword, axe, you know, I've got them. Don't worry. You take your pick of what. Uh, I can craft all of those for the 25. You know, I've collected all the pieces, all the Destro staffs. I've got all those. I can make those for 25 Transmute Crystals. Still have yet to grab that resto staff what if it's Uh, like you never get it it just never happens i mean i i you know 
sometimes I just go back and listen to the joy in my voice when I <laughs> on in the episode when I was talking about I'm going to get got the this, Maelstrom Resto I've guys. I've got this great idea. I, you know, I think I've stumbled on something here. I, I this Resto staff as the back bar. What a great way of sustain. You know oh. how foolish I was. <laughs> the joy, you know, the joy in my voice. How how naive I was back at that time. Uh, yes. So. You know, we joke now. Anytime, anytime you log on, you just send me a quick whisper. Hey, good luck, because you better believe I'm I'm in Maelstrom Arena doing, uh-huh. doing my run. Uh, yeah, that's just where I live now. That's my in-game house. Is the Maelstrom Arena? That's just that's just where I hang out in-game now. Man, can you imagine back before transmuting existed? Oh gosh, no. Uh, and back no. before uh, the perfected, non-perfected system, so you had to yep. do it on vet. Yeah, we talked about for the specific trait. It's crazy Uh, to think about, but it could be worse, and that's crazy to think about. But it could be worse. This would even even back then. This would be a pretty insane grind by those standards back then. I think it's it's crazy to me how much I can do a Maelstrom Arena without even with being so checked out to where I'll actually look at the screen and be like, what, like what, what, what phase am I in? Which, which arena am I in? (laughs) I will go through three arenas without even realizing what buttons I'm clicking. I will like I I put other I, like I'll pull up a, a show on another screen. I'll be on a phone call. Like I can just do. I, I bet you I could do that arena blindfolded at this point. <laughs> uh, so yes, any any listeners out there, please please you know throw your your well wishes my way. Wish me good luck, lucky rabbit's foots. You know anything. Anything to throw my luck my way for my next uh, Maelstrom Arena run. That would be much appreciated. Yeah. I wonder if your story is more sad than my story that I have to tell. (laughs) Maybe maybe (laughs) listeners should vote. We need to do a poll. Listeners, you, you need to respond. Which story is more sad? Um, so Davis ran 23 males from arena run, still no rest of staff. My thing. So I have a, <laughs> I have a title here that I come up with. It's called unintentional Hakaiju giveaway, a cautionary tale. Uh, <laughs> so what was this last week or something? Davius needed some tri-stat glyphs for a character of his. He needed seven Hakaijos or we call them hacky Joes. Cause it sounds yep. funnier. Oh, hacky Joe. Uh, and so, and he was low on Telvar, so he hit me up and he's like, hey, can I buy some Hacky Joes from you? And I'm like, hey, homie hookup. No purchase necessary. <laughs> Follow me. We'll go to Imperial City. I'll hook, I'll hook it up. Oh, jeez. So we pour it in. I go to the banker, pull out the Telvar. I go to the merchant. I buy the Hacky Joes. I run over to where Davies is, invite the trade, send him the Hacky Joes, close the trade. We're done. Um... <laughs> Then I get a whisper from some stranger. Oh, go ahead. Hold on. I, I've got to. I've got to point in where I'm at in this story. Okay. At this point, you've closed the trade window, and you you say, "Wow, not even a thank you. That's that's a little that's a little harsh." <laughs> and I immediately go, "What? What? You know? What are you talking about? What? Uh, what?" And I and I'm like, "What? What do you mean?" And, and I think that's about then, the time you got the whisper. And then I got a whisper from some stranger saying, "Wow, thanks." <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, I realized, oh, I traded these with the person standing next to Davius. Silly me. 
<laughs> so I whispered them back and said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I meant to give those to my friend here. Can I please have them back? And, and they whispered back and said, LOL, of course. And so I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Such a At relief. Point, we have we think, a, we, a decent yeah, human being on our hands here. Uh, and then they proceeded to place me on their ignore list and log out. Yep. And I haven't heard from them or seen them since. And they disappear. So, Without course, the return. They have no obligation to return those to me. I made a mistake. They're, it's their hackage now. You know, and it turns out they made the decision to keep them. Uh, so, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure that's going to work out really nicely for them and I hope they get good use out of it. <laughs> I mean, it's they fine. Got- I'm, I'm like being passive aggressive. I have a bit of a surplus of Telvar. It's, it's fine. I just went and bought more and gave those to Davius and, and it's all good. But, uh, and I was sick for a little bit. <laughs> we both were a little sick. You know, we've joked now and it's probably true, truth to this. It's a story we probably won't ever forget. We've we've got a lifer story now in the yeah. world of ESO where it was probably something that would have been you know forgotten over time, but now that one's gonna stick out for for a while. Yeah, I felt so dumb. It's like I think I did the math and it was like over four hundred thousand gold worth of like between a lot of gold between that gold. mistake and then what I actually ended up giving you in the end. Those two things combined. <laughs> oh, <God>. uh, <laughs> oh, geez. And, yeah. uh, and I don't have a ton of gold. I've never been someone to accumulate a ton of gold in this game. So that was a hefty chunk for me, for sure. That but, was a painful one. Yeah. So don't be like me. Make sure you're trading with the correct person. Um, anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> moving on from our, our, our sad stories. Yeah. Um, so we're nearing the end here. A couple of shout outs. I want to, uh, first of all, shout out to Danjavan. Um, so I put out a message to the guild uh, a couple of weeks ago saying, hey, everyone, I want to get a, a transmute station for the guild hall. So if you have any sealed uh, writ vouchers that you're not using, send those my way. I'll do the writs uh, and I'll work towards buying this transmute station. So then I get an email back from Danjavan saying, Hey, actually, here's just the transmute station. <laughs> uh, here you go. <laughs> here it is. And so I'm like, wow, thanks. So I just <laughs> immediately, I mean, it was seriously like 60 seconds after I sent that <laughs> message out. Uh, and so I turned around and just sent a message back out to everyone. I was like, oh, never mind, everyone. Thanks to Danjamin. <laughs> so we now have a transmute station in the guild hall. Um, if you, if there's anyone in the guild, um, just, tra- just, um, Travel to my primary residence, Cat Sparrow Hawk, and that'll take you there. And you can transmute there. Maybe if you don't have access to Clockwork City, there you go. Transmute uh, station. No, Huge shout out for Danjuman on that. Dude, I use transmute stations all the time. So just for me personally, if if no one else uses it, I, just I'm I'm stoked I, about it. I hear that you uh, you use it to make some Maelstrom Arena resto staffs. Yep, <laughs> I did do that actually. Yeah. Um. Also, another shout out to Mowards. We did some uh, pre-made BGs last night. Uh, me, Davies, and Mowards. We uh, we did a few different things, but I think the the standout match we all three got on our Stamplars. All three wearing Wild Hunt, <laughs> uh, and man, we were just. I think Mowards described it as a wall of spears or something <laughs> like that. 
I mean, it worked well. It's been it a long well. time since I've had that much fun in a battleground. It, <laughs> Jabs is an ability that just deals so much damage, and for the three of us to be on comms, focusing targets, all jabbing them down, man, it doesn't matter how tanky they were, we were just mowing them down. It was so much fun. Yes. And we're also we, speedy and just <laughs> running around. It was great. Yeah, moving all the place. Uh, you know, good support. Uh, yeah, it it worked out well. Those were some pretty great matches. We might have uh, several to do that. great matches in a row. Yeah, we might have to do that again. Uh, try to find a fourth Stamplar <laughs> and just go full into it. That'll we're be looking for that favorite. fourth Wild Hunt Stamplar. Yeah, scrollingpodcast at gmail <laughs> Um, so I mentioned our guild. We have a guild called Stoons Goons. Uh, we are primarily a social guild with a bit of a PvP focus. We also, of course, do lots and lots of uh, dungeons and other things. We help each other grind for gear. Uh, the main thing we do is just kind of talk about build ideas, kind of the what we do here on the podcast. It's just kind of a continuation of that when we're not recording. Um, so if you're interested in theory crafting and just kind of goofing off and talking about builds uh, and whatever else, uh, we're extremely, we're very non-toxic, very... Uh, it, you know, open and inviting to really any and everyone, as long as you are also not toxic. So hit yep. us up uh, in game PCNA. I'm at Cat Sparrow Hawk. Davius is at Star Jumper. You can also email us at Scrollin Podcast. That's uh, Scrollin with an I N. Scrollin Podcast at Gmail dot com. Um, what else? I think that's all of it. I mean. I feel like that. Uh, I, feel I, honestly... like this, I feel like this episode isn't long enough, so we really need to come up <laughs> I with some just, more. I honestly, I don't even know how long we've been here, but uh, it, it's. It, I know that it's been a long time. I at least have that, but it seems like it's gone by quick. Just because, man, those like those patch notes right now, a lot of exciting stuff. I'm I'm pumped for for what's coming. So. A lot of exciting stuff, and also we've started um, having this irregular release schedule too, and I think just having more time since the last time we talked i think yeah like i think before when we were doing an episode every week we've been recording almost three hours now like i feel like that would have <laughs> felt really difficult even with all this exciting stuff but like having all this time like i couldn't wait to get here and talk and and, yep. and do this today um so i think we can expect more of that going forward we'll probably release um some more episodes pretty soon as uh, as we go through this pts uh cycle we probably won't wait too long to re- uh, record another i'm not going to promise one next week it just kind of depends on on the news and uh and what there is to talk about um so we'll just feel that out of course if anything cool happens you bet we're gonna we're gonna be there talking about it um i guess that's gonna conclude this episode thank you everyone so much for listening and we will catch you next time <laughs>